Previously on Lonely Boys. Oh, don't I look great? I mean, don't you look great? <laughs> Are you excited about your first day of work? I am. Wasn't exactly the job I was looking for. When it fell into my lap, I couldn't say no. I really don't want to disappoint my boss. Well, I'm sure you won't. I'll make dinner tonight. Raleigh waffles. You can hear all about your first day. Uh, Rufus, you already have the Chinese food menu in front of your face. I don't believe you for a second that you're, that you're making dinner tonight. Uh, you don't want to go to the breakfast at the Waldorf's? Mm, make waffles. Not really in the mood. <laughs> oh, isn't it ironic? The state lifts my house arrest. <laughs> you lock yourself up. It's like waffles <laughs> on a yum poor. Sorry. Uh, well, wish me luck. See you tonight. Is that Dan again? You know, the only way you're going to get out of this funk is to sit down. I'll sit down with you and listen to what he has to say. Not ready yet. Okay. <laughs> I take it back. I'm not sitting with you at all. Hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to break down Season 5, Episode 6 of Gossip Girl. I am number nine. I am not here by myself, of course. I am here with uh, someone else who uh, who also forced all of his bridesmaids to make out with Nate Archibald before his wedding. It's Brendan Ruppel. Hello. I am your co-host, of course, the creepy uncle of podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dale Hodo Cremation. I'm recording live, as always, from the crematorium. I'm your editor-in-chief here at Cream Weekly, Dr. Officer Cream reporting for duty. Cream, Cream yes, Cream. Uh, yeah, I didn't do that exactly, but uh, I, I remember, I don't know if I talked about this on this show or not, but there was a time at my birthday party where I, me and Pete tried to make all the girls at the party kiss by uh, enforcing certain rules at a flip cup game, and it ended up just me and Pete kissing a lot instead. Right, the the classic, the classic. Uh, you know. <laughs> we may have got like one or two kisses out of the ladies, but... Uh, yeah. And that was because you guys were losing at Flip Cup? Yeah, the losers had to kiss. And maybe, yeah, maybe and Pete he... was throwing all the games so he'd get some smooches out of me. <laughs> I think that's probably, that's probably what happened. <laughs> Whoops, knocks it off the, off the table. <laughs> Brendan, we're not here by ourselves. If you can believe it, we have another guest. I, I, I was going to uh, give you some more Flip Cup stories if I didn't know we had a guest. Oh, no, no, no. Save, save them. Save the good <laughs> okay. Flip Cup stories for one. I had two hours worth of stories. <laughs> after we after we bring on the the flip cup champion of the world himself <laughs> um, we have a uh, we have another member of the two timers club he came back on all the way back in uh, season three i think early season three so it's been a couple seasons we are thrilled to have him back he's one of the busiest men in podcasting that's right it is a uh, leg one of Chappelle week please wel- <laughs> welcome back to lonely boys it's Chappelle. Hello. how are you I'm good. I am uh, very much happy to be a minion here on this podcast. Like yeah. I said, Two Timers Club. This is officially the second episode of Gossip Girl I've ever seen. And so I'm very <laughs> excited to talk to y'all about it and figure out what the hell is going on since the last time we left. Because I barely remember that episode and I definitely don't know what's going on in this one. <laughs> yep, certainly a lot has happened. Uh, probably some stuff that is confusing to an out of context watcher, and we can get into all of that. Um, you kind of answered the question that I that I ask all the returning guests, and that is, uh, how much Gossip Girl have you watched since the last time you've been on the podcast? And it seems like uh, not much. 
Literally nothing. I think I rewatched <laughs> that episode though, because that was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, but since then, no, nothing here. Uh, and so I was very excited to ask the same questions, like, why is that guy so smoldery? You know, why is he? Why is he always so brooding in the daylight? You know. And so um, I get to ask those questions again. Hopefully, y'all give me the answers that I that are satisfying and I remember them. Until next time I come on, it'll probably be what I guess. How many more seasons do y'all have? Maybe like what, the last season, couple episodes. Seasons, I'll probably be back. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, so yeah, I think this. I think this might be my last episode of Gossip Girl unless y'all really just need me back for the final run. Yeah. Now, I'll never we, know how this turns out. Who's going to, what are we naming the baby? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get, we'll get into the reboot and we can invite you to come back on. But I, I like that, uh, that. Oh yeah. I, I like that. You know, my goal with the out of context watchers who, who don't normally watch the show is to uh, get, get them on and, and get them so excited about the show that they keep watching but you were the rare case where, where you liked the episode so much you just watched the same episode <laughs> again and did not did, did, you said it's not going to get better than this I'll just rewatch this one and then uh, when the time comes watch another one it was immaculate. I was like, oh, no, this is great TV. This is riveting. I wonder what happens next. I guess I'll never know. But now <laughs> no I know. know that years later, things are very, very different. And I'm very excited to talk about them. Yes, I can't wait. Based on based on the two episodes you've you've seen now, uh, any uh, characters uh, standing out to you as either like a favorite or a least favorite character? Yeah, uh, this smoldery guy who uh, the Mr. Bass here. Mm. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, of course. I the it's it's the deep staring the brooding like he's so he's such a damaged human but you know by the end of this episode we're like well he's damaged but we still like him i was like i know he had the fan base in shambles i just know this man did so uh he's 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 a favorite because i'm like this guy sucks but also keep him on the screen you know yeah. like let, let him cook let I, him cook I think a little you, bit you got it yeah, pretty so. nailed down there yeah, I mean, that is the Chuck Bass experience. And when we get into the user review of the week later today, we'll see how some people feel about Chuck. Uh, very enthused about, about, about uh, Chuck Bass here. So, yeah, I, I don't think that uh, that opinion is is a foreign one to many. Like, yeah, he's a guy that you, you try to hate him, but then by the end of the day, he's, he's just going to end up keep on uh, winning you over. Yeah. And he's got that, that brooding look down. They'll try to make you hate him, and then, like, the next episode be like, but isn't he so cute? <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> and today he, he yeah. apologized for everything. Everything. Yeah, everything fully so redeemed. They basically, should be together, right? Exactly. That's, it. That's all they exactly. show. This is the, Wrap it the up. one true couple. It's over. Yeah, you can yeah, sell a woman and abuse her, but just apologize and you're good. It's a Christian way. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, there was such a list of things that he did. There was something on top of like on top of the Empire State Building, oh, and then yeah. there was this, yeah. and there was that. Oh my God, she, you've been awful to her, but. That apology did sound sincere. Blair, maybe you should hear him out. <laughs> it did, yeah. I know you're about to marry a prince, but uh, he's apologizing. So let, let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, Brendan, the episode is titled, I Am Number Nine. This is your time to shine. Do you have any idea what this episode title is referencing? Mm, I have no idea what it's referencing at all. I want to say the title is the same with a different number. I don't know which number to choose. There's so many numbers. At least there's like 100 plus numbers out there I can choose from. At least. At least. So I'm going to say I'm number (laughs) 19. It's my favorite number. Okay. I like where you're going with switching up the number here. Uh, And I also like that Gossip Girl has, back in the day, they used to be like classic uh, either movies or plays or novels that they were that they were uh-huh. uh, taking like Dan Humphrey from. type now, uh, now media. It, yeah, right now it seems that they're just kind of like 
searching about what's playing this week. <laughs> like we've run out of <laughs> ideas. What's playing this week? Let's ch- change a number around. Uh, it is referencing the 2011 film, so very current at this point. Although I had never heard of this movie, I am number four. That's right, the classic <laughs> movie. <laughs> I am number four. <laughs> that's a, that's even so more random than I could have And I suppose they could have uh, just hundreds had, of uh, numbers, at least, <laughs> at least. <laughs> I, I suppose they they could have just had Dan a uh, premiere on the on the bestseller list at number four and not even change the title at all. But. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay. I didn't I didn't <laughs> think about that. That I am number nine. I, I forgot that's where he was stuck in the the ratings and his dad was. Yeah, they say the, <laughs> outdid him by one. The in a different number- media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, he he premiered. I thought he premiered at number eight, and then potentially went down to nine, and then he thought he was like off. Then he was just off the list altogether. But I, I actually have seen. I am number four, y'all. I, I, really, I, I know this movie. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> What's better, this episode yeah. of Gossip Girl or I am number four, the movie? I am of I am number nine is better for sure. <laughs> like oh, okay. I am number four is like the the only redeeming quality is that Quinn Fabray is in that movie and that is about oh, it. Oh yeah, there we. I'm looking at the cast list now. Diana Agron. Um, <laughs> let's. What did this get on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? It looks like 33. percent So it definitely okay. could have been worse. Um, we watch worse movies for this uh, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was expecting like an I am number four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, hey, but the, uh, 33, 33, much better. Um, so original air date of this episode, November 7th, 2011, almost, uh, you know, exactly what, 12 years to the day, 12 years and six months to the day of or 12 years and six days to the to the day of, wow. the, of this recording. We almost uh, knocked it out of the park here. Um we start with Blair trying to pick out her bridesmaids, and Dorota has a huge whiteboard up with pictures of all the minions and pros and cons lists under each of them. Love this. A, a great blast from the past of all the minions along the years. Uh, up top is the Constance Billard minions. We have Penelope, Nellie, Isabel, and Cotty. Um, and, I, I, of course, I paused and tried to get all the pros and cons lists here. Uh, hmm. The ones that I could make out as reading, we have Penelope here. Her pros is a huge bitch. Hamilton House and party planning. Her mm. her cons also huge bitch, fake and broke. Although I don't believe she's broke, so maybe I was misreading that. And a social maybe climber. In uh, so, Blair's terms, she's broke. Maybe, maybe like just a millionaire. Yeah, Martha Stewart broke or MC Hammer broke. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, more poor than than uh, Blair, perhaps. Uh, for Nellie Yuki, her pros are genius, and I couldn't uh, make out the rest. And that her cons uh, allergic to contacts, which I guess is a fancy way of saying that she wears glasses a lot, and uh, <laughs> loves YA fiction, which don't like her coming for YA fiction because I, I do love a YA fiction <laughs> book as well. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, well, first um, thing I want to say with with Blair here is she's having a very interesting hair day all episode long. Um, and by hair day, I guess I mean head day because there's parts of the episode where she's wearing maybe the most ridiculous hat we've seen all all series long. Like, that's, that says a lot too. Um, I just saying we start the episode. I, I do like her hair pulled back quite a bit. We don't really see a hair like a ponytail Blair, and we get a lot of it today. It's very that's interesting. True. That is true. Yeah, we have a we have a different type of Blair today. Yeah, but um, that yellow hat we see later is is I don't even <laughs> know we could call it a hat. It looks more like a pastry. <laughs> Now, Brendan, I know you brought up hair watch and hat watch to try and distract me from reading the rest of these pros and cons lists, but I am not. Oh, you have I'm more. Going to get <laughs> no, you have yeah, the whole I have thing. More. I, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Isabel, her pros are long legs, loves to match. Her cons, too pretty and an Aries moon. So oh. Blair really seems to uh, like Isabel's long legs, but thinks she might be too pretty. Um, Cotty, her pros are 160 IQ. 
also loves to match. And her cons are clumsy, obsessed with reality TV, and loves falafel. And this sounds like me. I am clumsy, I am obsessed with reality <laughs> TV, and I, I do love falafel. So uh, me and Kati have a lot in common. <laughs> don't really like do. Blair really – don't know what she has against falafel. And you know what? You all, but, yeah, uh, I forgot how much you like, you like to match too. You love matching your socks I do with like your hat and your yeah. shirt. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, I don't Ooh. think I have a 160 IQ, so I think that might be uh, me and Ooh. I don't know what my IQ is, but yeah, I, I, I truly don't know. What is 100 is average? Is that what it is? Uh, something like that. I think like to get into our like I don't know uh, Excel learning program growing up, we had to be in the 140s. I really just uh, slyly mentioning that we were in the gifted <laughs> program. <laughs> <back> in the rarely seen often talk about humble brag for two people Listen. at once. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess I'm the dumb seen. bitch on this podcast. I am the Aries resident Moon, dumb bitch. So, you know, maybe it makes sense. <laughs> and Aries Moon. <laughs> Aries Moon. Um, so we, ha we have the NYU minions as well. They include Amalia and Sophie. None of Neither of them make an appearance today, but Amalia, her pros are fluent in sign language, and her favorite film is The Apartment, and also she has A-plus hair. Uh, her cons is that she is still at NYU, her favorite band is Coldplay, and she still wears Uggs. Um... Hmm. I like Coldplay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, Coldplay make it make it hate sometimes, but uh, Coldplay's pretty yeah. good. I'm Coldplay and different. I like some songs. Fix you. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Pro 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 Coldplay. Yeah. Fix scientists. You. Scientists. Mm -hmm. There's songs you. that were on Glee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> For for Sophie, her pros are her penmanship, and she plays the cello, and she is a descendant of Martin Van Buren. I, I guess the, that's a big status thing. Uh, and her cons are she is still at NYU, and she also summers in Maryland. So, uh, you know, not, I guess Blair is not not the biggest fan of Maryland. She probably considers it like a the south. like the, the, the South, yeah, yeah. all the Hicks living there. <laughs> And then, of course, our Colombian minions are Jessica, Zoe, and Emily. And Jessica's pros are worldly. Uh, she speaks French, Spanish, and Italian, and she is very tall. And her cons are asthma, big feet, and folds under pressure. Oof. Oh, those are three <laughs> big ones. <laughs> big read for Jessica here. I got uh, Zoe, I have two her pros are. <laughs> Zoe, so her pros, her, uh, two of three of those. Uh, I would say you have big feet and you fold under pressure. I don't think you That's have asthma. Correct. Wow, nailed it. Um, Zoe, her pros are good at juice cleanses, and her cons are a name dropper. And then Emily, her pros are naive, takes criticism well, hot boyfriend, and her cons are low tolerance, went to public school, and this, this one's good. It just says whore. So I guess. <laughs> Damn. That's, so that's my two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, Chappelle, you went to public school and you're a whore. I don't think you have a low yeah. tolerance. <laughs> you you've drank with me before you know yeah. the game <laughs> yeah, definitely have i have seen pictures of us that i don't remember taking and, and also ended up with your phone number the next day <laughs> oh I've, i have some text that we can read during the theater portion of is there another character i can play uh, Brendan, you'll just have to be stage notes somehow. I don't know. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, Nate, Nate is setting up for uh, some kind of event, it seems, and Diana Payne asks him if she can add something to his to-do list, and he adamantly agrees to it. And he goes into her office, and they christen her new desk by banging on it, so they're they're still going strong. <laughs> Good to know. I was worried. I wasn't sure if they were still banging. Uh... And yeah, they, they are going 
going strong. And you said, and you said, thank God we have confirmation thank so early God. in the episode. <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> Uh, Dan is cutting out the bestsellers list so he can hang it like on the fridge, I guess. And uh, he is pumped inside by Daniel Humphrey as debuted at the uh, titular number nine. And he asked Rufus what Lincoln Hawks first single debuted at. And Rufus tells him number eight. So he's finally happy to be better than his son for once. Mm. He said, I don't regret raising you anymore. Yeah, I guess they're on good terms. They talked about this off screen. They're all settled up. Yeah, I I guess they... well, they what I, what happened is remember uh, Dan was on the phone with Serena and he's like, oh, my dad's calling me. I'm gonna take this. And I guess they had a conversation and it was all, and- <laughs> all dandy. <laughs> Great. Uh, Nate and Diana post coitus already, and Nate wants Diana to be his date to the party tonight. And Diana's like, you must be joking. Uh, but they Nate, both, can't I think of a better time. Say, they also they both bragged about being quick. <laughs> yeah, this is a poise quote is already, but it was like very, very fast. Like yeah. they got in, they got out, they got back to business. So I appreciate that for this. Listen, they got, they got the office full of people. They're at work. And they, yeah, can't, the... they can't take. They can't take too long. Um, it was broad daylight. Like Nate, have some self respect, please. I, no, he. If there's one thing Nate does not have, it's self respect, and we'll 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 see that. But uh, Diana can't think of a worse night to. Uh, to launch their relationship because uh, it, tonight is launch night, but it, it is the night that uh, Diana shows New York who she is. And she reminds Nate that women can't be out in the public with who they're dating without people whispering behind their back. So Nate is going to reluctantly agree, but he still wants her to meet some of his friends. And he asks if they can talk about that. And Diana's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, right after you and Charlie deliver spectator tablets to all of to all of our guests for tonight. And uh, Nate Nate's pouting. His list is four pages long. Uh, he's got the west side. Charlie has the east side. So that's, that's what their uh, task is to do today yeah definitely funny to just get kind of shot down by your not girlfriend and boss and be like uh maybe we'll tell your friends about us but first go do a bunch of tasks for me then maybe we'll th- i'll think about it why does he even want to tell his friend here's the latest 50 year old i'm dating <laughs> yeah they're like okay it doesn't oh my Chuck god know about it already this he thought so but then sometimes it seems like he doesn't sometimes it seems like he does i lose track yeah. uh so nate archibald and i have the same birthday that's weird Oh. Really? What? What is? I wonder the, if he too is an Aries moon. I just looked it up. So his his birthday is oh, April fifth, and so is mine. Uh, what? Yeah. Because so, I was like, I was trying to figure out how many fifty year olds uh, this man has uh, slept with, and I was like, I was like, oh well, we have the same birthday. I wonder if he's an Aries moon. I have so many questions. I, I can tell you, they also did not. Now I have questions about Nate Archibald. Character of Nate Archibald was based on Chappelle. That is, that is fact. We, we, Josh Schwartz had said this. <laughs> um, but yeah, the thing they do with Nate is he starts the beginning of each season dating a new older woman, and that, that's pretty much his thing. I don't know if they've been doing it on purpose, but and then it also turns out that this older woman is also using him in some capacity, or is he, or he is a mark for them in, in some way. And uh, we just always have to wait for the other shoe to drop and for Nate to get his heart broken by yet another old woman. I feel personally attacked that we need to stop this podcast right now. <laughs> Everybody shut it down. I did not know that that's why you chose me for this episode, but I hear it and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hitting a little too close, a little too close to home. I'm so sorry. Um, Chuck is with his new therapist and we're going to find out a lot about this therapist today, but it's just also insane that this is his therapist, the woman that he stalked last week outside of Temple to, and like forced <laughs> her to become like, I mean, and we're going to find out that I guess there's other reasons why she agrees to be his therapist because she's getting like paid. But it is insane that like, I, 
I don't understand the timeline of this. I guess she doesn't start getting paid till after that. Like Louis somehow finds out that she's his therapist and starts paying her, or he knew this all along. Did he, did he like set her up in the dog part last week know. and was like, it, "Have your have your dog hump his dog," and the rest will, the rest <laughs> will fall into place? I, I don't understand what the scheme was. I don't know. Your, your stammering is completely warranted because it is so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it makes, None of this makes sense. It's very, it's very so. much like written after the fact. Like I'll squeeze this shit in here and give Louis reason to be mad. And. Chuck is now telling his new therapist about his recurring dream. Uh, he's he's taking an early morning stroll, and it, I look up, and a block away is the most magnificent skyscraper I've ever seen. I have to get inside it, but every time I round the corner, it's still a block away. I start to run, but as soon as I reach it, and then the therapist interrupts him because, uh, you know, yeah, we've she's like, heard "That's enough. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you wake up. I get it." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, and then she asks Chuck what he thinks his dream is about, and he answers his father's tragic death, his mother's secret life, or perhaps his chronic oral fixation. And uh, the therapist calls out Chuck's defense mechanism of his amazing humor and tells him to stop holding back uh, because he knows that she – she knows that he is hiding something. Uh, she thinks there's a piece of the puzzle missing, uh, and there's someone that Chuck isn't telling her about. Uh, did you flag up that this might be about Blair? Yeah, yeah, of course. Very, uh, yeah, very easily. Course. That's, that's what it's always about. Been. That's what this whole show's been this about. This whole show's been. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, look, I'm well removed from the storylines. So I was like, oh, well, who are they talking about? It can't be that Blair lady. She seems so happy. She seems like she's about to get married <laughs> to that prince guy. You know, I was I, I was far from it. I was like, did he kill someone? What is he going to show this woman? Because she says, are you hiding something or someone? And I was like, well, who could be hidden? And then I remembered, oh, maybe maybe she's really leaning into this. Like, oh, he's still pining for Blair and all that good mm -hmm. stuff. But my favorite thing about Chuck Bass is that he remembered his dream so vividly down to his designer shoes. Yeah. I said, look, I appreciate that level of detail. Yeah, yeah he, he really had everything. Like, this must have been a very clear dream for him to wake up and just, like, know exactly what was going on there. I, also, um, I like that Chappelle reads Chuck as so sinister that he, he could have murdered someone. That's what this dream might be about, and he's hiding murder from his therapist. He's so brooding. It's <laughs> great. Look, Brendan, those, those eyebrows, those eyebrows, he has <laughs> to kill They're very someone. murderous, yeah. Yes, I actually am hiding someone. She's locked up in my trunk right now. <laughs> he opened the safe. I thought there was going to be a bar to step head. in or something like that. It's not my fault. It's not my fault, y'all. I haven't Here, been watching. Now, we know that Serena famously killed someone back in season one, yeah. but that is, that's the only Gossip Girl murder we've I mean, had so yeah, far. I'm, I'm rooting for Besides your murder. theory, that, of course, that Rufus murdered uh, Bart Bass. And then Chuck's going to find out and get back at Rufus and kill him. We'll see. We'll see. Can't confirm or deny Ooh. your your your, uh, your predictions. With those eyebrows, uh, you can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the woman that Chuck is pining after, Blair is going to greet Louis with a big hug from behind at the breakfast table. Now, Louis at this point knows about the paternity test, and he is pretending that everything is great and that he's super happy. So I guess he's a sociopath as well, or or just a robot, as we uh, maybe. Uh, Predicted yeah, last week. Could be either or. Um, or I'm also a little worried week. that he is sort of smiling, and that would tip me off. Because usually he's just kind of even keel, right. <laughs> just mono mouth. Yeah, he's smiling, so he must be mad at Blair for some yeah. reason right now. Um, Blair wants Louie to turn a blind eye so she can just innocently hang out with her minions all day. Uh, she says there might be some slight waterboarding involved, but uh, she's been good for so long, and once she's princess, she'll be done with meddling for good. You gotta, you gotta let Blair get one more fix yeah, of meddling and scheming before. I don't even know why she has to explain herself to, to Louie. To, like, hey, I gotta go like pick out bridesmaids, and this is how I have to do it. This is just the way Blair does things. Of course. I can't believe he's gonna Wait, shut down there, scheming is, for Blair. Is there a moratorium on her scheming? Like, did they have to have a literal sit-down conversation to be like, you cannot be an evil person anymore? Like, how, why is this a conversation starter? 
Pretty much. I, I mean, Louis, I mean, this whole season, Louis has been trying to make Blair the most boring uh, person he can possibly be. And he's like, Blair, with all this scheming, I just can't, I just cannot trust you at all. I need to, I need you to stop the scheming if you're going to be with me. And then, that, I mean, this is, and now, unfortunately, uh, you know, if she wants to be a princess, she can't be a schemer anymore. I mean, the, the, these tryouts mm-hmm. aren't really even like schemes, the- though. I don't know what, what it's just tr- tryouts. Yeah, it's just rules, and uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of schemy. You know, the idea that they have to go kiss uh, Nate Archibald, sure. even though they're like yeah. thirty years younger than his normal, the type he goes for. <laughs> I think that's very sinister. You know, yeah. um, but but seriously, I did not know because they kept calling it a royal wedding, and I was like, royal, like. Oh, because this is like the upper crust of this, you know, community, mm-hmm. or is this like an actual prince? And then I heard his, and then I heard his uh, accent, and I was still unclear. So this is yes, actually he, a prince, right? Yes, he is the prince right. of Monaco, and uh, Blair is now going to be in line to be princess, I guess, once she once she marries. A, a true fairy tale wedding, uh, a dream come true for Blair. She's always wanted to be a princess, but we'll see that. Unfortunately, in order to make this happen, she seems to be like selling her soul for it. She has to get rid of all the things she loves the most. You know, uh, he gets mad every time she talks to one of her friends. Uh, she gets mad when she schemes. So he's he's his goal seems to be to make her the most boring person imaginable, right. and uh, he's on his way. And she doesn't seem to have much of a spark for him either. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't. I don't see. Mm. I don't see it like I see with uh, perhaps maybe Blair and Chuck. The name. Right. The name of they're, better they're couple. They're painting it to be almost like like uber obvious that Blair belongs to Chuck. Like every episode, they're like really, really heavily leaning into the fact like Blair doesn't love Louis and she has his baby and is gonna get married to him, but she should really be with Chuck. Like yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> so do you think they get married? They don't get married. Oh, Chappelle, no do you think they get married? But she wait wait. So they don't get married, but she still gives birth to the prince's child. I guess like she's so. she's carrying the king. She's gonna give the king to she's, Chuck. <laughs> she's carrying oh, the king right now. That's, that is kind of crazy. <laughs> Blair right. Waldorf and the carry of the know. king. I don't know. I don't know now. Right. Well, now I'm thinking that you know, since she's giving birth to the royal baby, she kind of has to marry the, the the prince, right? Like it's a royal baby. But that's where the drama lies. <laughs> Therein lies the drama. Mm, okay. Tune Chappelle. You might have to keep watching. <laughs> you might have hooked you. <laughs> God forbid. No, I'm joking. I actually am very nosy and I really want to know. So I might have to keep going. Uh, Blair begs for just one day and Louis finally gives up, but only until the party tonight. Uh, This is, I feel like it's supposed to be like a cute scene with Blair and Louis like laughing at the end of this, but Louis is still giving me like no energy. And uh, And we know we saw like last episode with the cliffhanger that he knows something. So you you can't like fully enjoy the scene. Not that it would anyway. Right. Um, Serena's at work. Producer Jane wants to introduce an old friend of hers to Serena, and it's none other than Diana Payne. Small island like Manhattan. This was bound to happen eventually. Yada, yada, yada. And Diana tells Serena it's good to finally meet her. And Jane brags about how Serena was her latest find and tells her about uh, Serena's humble beginnings, where her job three months ago was getting her director three shots over ice. Which, yeah, let's just pretend that Serena came from nothing and had to be found. Like, what are you talking about? Her humble beginnings of being a billionaire and just, like, waltzing onto the set and, like, stealing someone's job. What do you mean? And you want to fire her all last week. You hated her. <laughs> it's like, I found this woman. She was nothing when I found her. No no one has ever heard the name Serena Vanderwoods in before. <laughs> yeah. So, I producer Jane... Well, except that one time. We watched that one episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were you were semi-familiar with her. Um, 
producer Jane excuses herself. Mm. Serena tells Diana what a small world it is because her good friend Nate Archibald works for her, and so does her cousin Charlie Rhodes. And uh, Diana wants Serena to come to the launch party tonight. And not only that, but she tells Serena that someone with her influence deserves a place where they can speak their mind. And she asks Serena if she's ever thought about blogging for a website. Uh, Diana says her readers would be dying to hear about every detail of Serena's life. And Serena's like, oh yeah, don't worry. There's somebody who's already all over that. Uh, which, yes, that that is true. And Diana tells Serena that Gossip Girl doesn't have the monopoly on Serena Vanderwoodson, but Serena has been hurt enough by Gossip Girl that she wouldn't want to participate in that. Which, participate in blogging about her own life? What, do, what, does, she, what does she mean? Like, this, this is her blog about her. About like, yourself, she wouldn't be like, right. You're not making yeah. up lies about yourself. <laughs> Careful ass. <laughs> mm, I, I have a question, though, about Diana in this moment. So she wants Serena to literally go out and be like, all right, you are the you are going to take down Gossip Girl because you got the facts and people right. really want to hear the facts instead of like petty ta tabloid nonsense. Right. Is that is that the theory here? Because she's absolutely the, wrong. I want the right, that's the theory. Right, that's not true. Unless Serena is getting on the blog and like tearing into herself and being like, uh oh, look who got a pregnancy test today. It was me. Right, like no one's going <laughs> no to bear about Serena's like watered down blogging of whatever she's talking about, like whatever fucking right, breakfast. If, if she you're talking had about yourself, you're morning. only going to give the like the stuff that you want people to hear. Right, like she, Serena's not going to give mm. Sabrina. She's going to give what she thinks she is. Like she's, she's going to be like, and then this was my nuanced take on everything. I feel right. like I handled this maturely, and and then Gossip Girl's just going to come in with the real story, and everyone's still going to like. Diana has not thought this through at all. No, I, I, I get the idea. Like she wants to get to the news no. before Gossip Girl does, but again, like they're they're not going to give the the stuff that people want to hear. Right. So. Claire has assembled her minions. Uh, she's explaining the rule of the tryouts, and she lets them know they may not survive, so they have to sign a waiver in the event of a catastrophe. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like only Cotty and Penelope from Constance showed up, and only Jessica from Columbia showed up. Kind of, kind of an embarrassing turnout here for a royal wedding for Blair. What, what is a, you know, what's going on here? I, I feel know. like Blair doesn't even have to have the tryouts. She could just make them all bridesmaids. <laughs> you really could. Because what, what does she just want? One bridesmaids and then one bridesmaid <laughs> yeah, and then a one. maid of honor, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess because she doesn't really. This go to is less about anymore. the outcome, y'all. I don't know. What was that? No, nah, this is less about the outcome, y'all. This is this is definitely her, like kind of like I got one last chance to get my right. fix and just like picking on these people, <laughs> right, and make and waterboarding them uh, yeah. because she calls them minions to their face. She says, "Hello, yes. minions." I'm like, "Wait, hold they on, are, pause." They know. You know, they know have some self-respect. No, 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 no. They know their See, place. They're minions. That's the <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think that she probably could have had them all as bridesmaids, but for her, she's much she's much more entertained by like breaking yeah. a pool stick in a half and letting them fight to the death yeah. to the spot. <laughs> I mean, although, although it's sad that not that many of them showed up, it is still impressive that these people showed up from like how many? Who knows how many years ago at this point? Like the fact that she still has a hold on them as a minion. They haven't seen her in school and Gaza on these three at least. Yeah. yeah. Especially Cotty, like coming back from season one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blair asks where Nelly Yuki is, and Penelope responds, "Yale, where she got in and you didn't. Plus, she hates you. Remember? What? That was brutal. Like, if I don't Penelope know. Wants to she's win this, the one. I, I don't know why she showed up of all people because I feel like she really. Hates really, she got the shot at her also. <laughs> yeah. She. Yeah. Um. So Blair uh, can't do this with an odd number, and luckily for her, Charlie walks in, and for the first time ever, Blair is excited to see her. And so Blair. Uh, Ask Charlie what she's doing, and Charlie says nothing, even though she has this uh, to-do list of, you know, people that she has to deliver tablets to. But now she's going to audition for the role of Blair's bridesmaid instead. So she's going to give uh, her tablets to Nate. Nate's going to pick them up, and, and he's going to be doing double duty here so that Charlie can try to become one of Blair's bridesmaids. So I'm sure this is going to set up something that sort of makes sense in the long term 
plot. I wouldn't be so sure, but go on. But yeah, but but like I don't know why Charlie thinks <laughs> this is like a huge scoop for her. Like, oh, let me cover Blair's wedding. This is going to be great stuff for Diana Payne. She's going to love this. Like, what do you get like tabloid wise out of someone's like wedding planning? <laughs> How interesting is that for anyone? Well, yes. The problem with the spectator is that Diana Payne has no vision of what this thing is supposed to be don't know how she became the editor of this of this paper out of nowhere but she she doesn't know what she wants this paper to be she wants it to be like gossip girl but she wants to take gossip girl down she wants a, a random blog post from from serena and then she also wants to announce new couple of war yeah. when when it's her when it's her name like what i don't understand hey, what girl, she's we're covering doing. blair's wedding they're like oh, okay go go for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knock yourself out right so she's marrying the boring guy, right? Like, um, okay. All right. Okay. Thanks. All right. Cool. What inside scoop is Charlie going to get? Like, you will not believe what, what happened at the bachelorette party. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> Probably normal stuff. But, I um, can see like, if something did Do- happen, I can see gossip girl getting to it first somehow anyway. Cause they're just, I'm everywhere. sure she would. She's got, she's got people everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Barnes exits the building, and Louis is waiting for her and gives her an envelope, calling it the rest of what I owe you. Somehow, every character from every storyline is working together or knows each other. Mm-hmm. It's too much. And Louis it's, tells— It's become too uh, convenient for everybody. It really is. Like, how are these storylines converging in this way all the time? Uh, Louis tells Barnes that she can now settle all of her father's debts, and she asks <laughs> Louis what— <laughs> what She asks Louis what he wants her to do, and he answers, Just make sure my fiancé will never fall for him again. And Barnes tells Louis that's up to her, but Louis's like, no, it's up to you to turn cha- to turn uh, talk back into a monster. He was the first 20 years of his life. And, like, needless to say, this is so unethical for a therapist to be doing. And also, like, this is how Louis is handling the paternity test. Like, he's a loser. He's going full psychopath now. He's telling the therapist to find Chuck's fuse and light it. Like, I don't know. Is Louis at least doing something interesting now? It, like, uh, Right. It, I guess that's something. It's also amazing. Like, something. This therapist must feel so lucky that she had all these debts to settle. And she's like, oh, it sucks. I'm just a lowly therapist. I wonder if someone rich will walk into my life. <laughs> I wonder if a prince will pay me to do something. <laughs> How lucky for her. Okay. God, if only would someone would just toss their expensive ring towards me, then I could, I could maybe like sell it and get some money. Wait, and why did she give it back? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you, girl? You out here. Uh, I mean, she loses she her breakfast. She gets rid of the dad? ring. What is she doing? And then Chuck leaves she it on the ground her outside whole the his reputation store. for these debts. Yeah. He says, yeah, do whatever know. you want with it. She gives it back. Yeah. Bad move. Bad, bad, bad move. move by Barnes. You all said, around you said, here. Give it to charity. Oh. You could have easily sold that. And then I, I don't think that's how, I don't think Chuck's ever returned anything before because leaving it on the stoop of the place is not the same thing <laughs> as returning it. How does one go about this when the door is closed? I guess I just leave it here. All right. <laughs> Every time I return something to Amazon, I just go to a warehouse store and drop it off outside. <laughs> so uh, dr barnes makes a house call and visits chuck uh, she thinks their last visit ended ended too abruptly and she hopes that uh, being in his environment might help and chuck admires her persistence but assures her that he's not hiding anything but barnes wants to talk about blair waldorf and chuck responds uh, you've done your homework but i don't see how blair or the tabloid father she produces is relevant to my therapy but barnes thinks it's relevant if blair is the source of his suffering and asks if he's upset that the love of his life is marrying someone else and i i, I love how chuck's like it's a i love how he says he's like I let Blair let go. Let's leave it at that. Like he says, it's so like cool. Like this was the coolest thing he's ever done. Just like just letting Blair go. <laughs> um, Barnes is really trying to grind Chuck's gears now. Asks if he's furious that she's marrying someone else. I I feel like she goes from like zero to a hundred. She's coming on way too strong now. <laughs> and 
Chuck should be asking her to leave, but Barnes is going to persist, tells tells Chuck that maybe it's these feelings for Blair that's giving him nightmares, and uh, that expressing range and anger is just part of the healing process, and he can't move on until he lets it out. And she finally successfully makes Chuck angry and tells him that he has to accept that he didn't let her go. He lost her. And I feel like now she's just being a bully. Yeah, she's doing the classic uh, good therapist, bad therapist. Admit with herself. (laughs) Admit that you lost her. Admit that you lost her and that you suck. You suck. Putting on a Phantom of the Opera mask each time. And he's very mature. Yeah, he's very (laughs) mature. And she's like, so don't you want to yell or throw something or go like cause chaos and go off the rails? You sure you don't want to do that? He's like, no. No, I'm good. I I I thought, y'all, I watched one episode. I thought, oh, he's over Blair. It's fine. Like that dream was obviously not about yeah. her because look how calm he is. This is not bothering him at all. I think he's well adjusted and he's moving yeah. on. He's a nice normal man with no head in his. I safe. was wrong. <laughs> right, well, exactly. Chuck, Chuck snaps. He tells the therapist, uh, "She doesn't know what he did," which which is true. And he does agree that there's something else he needs to do before he moves on. Uh, he doesn't want to lie to her or himself, so he goes and opens the safe. Does not pull out a body, but he does pull out the engagement ring, and uh, he tells Doctor Therapist Barnes that if he if he's letting Blair go, he doesn't need this anymore. And uh, I, I think that Doctor Barnes was. She like unintentionally helped Chuck here while she was trying to hurt him. She was like she trying to make him enraged and everything. And then Chuck's like, you know what? You're right. I have to let her go even more so. Here, here I mean, she here says that later too. She's like, I was trying to lead you into just like having an episode, and you showed growth instead. Yeah, uh, I did a bad job, yeah. or a good, or so, a good job, I guess. Chuck bought this ring for Blair. He's been holding on to it ever since, but maybe he should just return it. And uh, Dr. Barnes is like, well, that's what you need to do. And so Chuck tells her to take the ring, give it to charity or something. He doesn't care. Just take it away. And uh, this expensive ring seems like it should be enough to pay her father's debts or whatever she needs money for. So uh, she takes the ring and Chuck thanks her. And right away, Barnes texts Louie that she can't do this. And nor should she be doing this. Well, she could have just like stopped and then no. used the money for her dad's debts with that ring. But do we get a, a estimate on that ring last time he bought? I feel like we... We got it like somewhere in like six figure range. I mean, knowing Chuck, it's probably like a million billion dollars. Like I don't know, a million billion, a million billion. Yeah. Mm -mm. Charity starts at home. Charity starts at home, ma'am. You you were supposed (laughs) to take that, and you were supposed to pay off those debts and stop those father's debts because it is literally (laughs) illegal. Yeah, it 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 is illegal and unethical for you to sit here and do this to this man for some money. Like, bro, you you now have more. You have money in your hand. You're literally you're handed. And I I guess she does try to, right? Yeah, I mean, she does try to give the money back, but it's like, yeah, you could just you know, just I mean, it's just like a thing. You know, just just like. Right. This is like the thing. This is like the one thing that you really can't do as a therapist. Like, obviously, not the one thing, but like, this is the big one. Like, you you cannot, uh, mm-hmm. you know, take money and give your, your client secrets away and then also try to manipulate them during sessions <laughs> like that. Big no-nos here. And, yeah. Um, Serena and Dan here. Serena went from, like, pretending to forgive Dan to actually forgiving him pretty quickly, I guess, because they seem to be buddies again. And Serena asks if Dan's ready for his first big development meeting. Uh, And Dan is, as long as they don't want to change the ending or the beginning or the stuff in the middle. And Serena assures Dan that he will love working with Jane, as uh, Jane comes in happier than we've ever seen her. And Jane's here. Uh, Natalie is also here. Jane's exec at Warner or Warners, as she calls it. And uh, Natalie loves the novel, thinks that she just copy and paste the final draft. But uh, we're going to see she has some she has some other ideas. She she wants to uh, she, she thinks that rich people are uh, are so hard to like. And she asks if uh, we can add someone more relatable. And I feel like is this Josh Schwartz getting meta again? Like, is this the notes that he was A getting before bit, he adapted like. Gossip Girl into a TV show? Because uh, we've definitely seen him get meta before, so it definitely would not be too uh, too out of the ordinary. Yeah, not here. as heavily as a but, few episodes ago, but definitely this is a little bit of it. 
Right. Uh, Dan's confused because he thought he, he already had a relatable character with the protagonist, Dylan Hunter. And Serena adds that he'll appeal to everyone. As we've as we've seen with guests on this sh- very show, Dan clearly yeah. does appeal to everyone and not just like thirsty gay I men. I mean, actually, now that you uh, say that, I wonder <laughs> if this entire like little conversation that took maybe 30 seconds for Dan to get mad at, I, I wonder if this whole thing, even the suggestions are like stuff that Josh Schwartz heard, especially after the Glee was popular, we're about to get to. Mm-hmm. So that, that could be something. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. Jane calls out that maybe uh, Dylan Hunter is not the most relatable uh, person, which, yeah. And uh, Jane thinks that they need a real outsider as a hero. Uh, they they want him to have a, a tragic backstory to overcome. Maybe he's an orphan. Uh, Dan already getting uneasy about this. And now Jane wants to glee it up with original numbers or <laughs> covers, which is very funny. And now I think they need to make uh, Gossip Girl the musical. It seems like they want to make the OC a musical <laughs> with the no. uh, troubled orphan boy. <laughs> the troubled orphan boy. <laughs> uh, I... I did not know what was going on in this moment, but the moment she said glee it up, I was like, okay, this is a scam. You know, like right. they're trying to get you like uh, off balance. Like anybody could see through this moment. Like I have no I I do not know anything about this book, Dan, or anything else. And I'm like, this is a this is a scam. And he falls for it. He's like, Well, oh I guess God. I'm just gonna quit. Yeah. It's like, no, it's stupid. <laughs> like, you can't see this. Especially with how right. hot like, they come in. Too. Like, from th- you this would never. conversation took maybe thirty seconds for Dan to sit down and be like, it's gonna be great. And then Tula be like Fuck this, I'm out of here. Right, like, I would be thinking immediately that this is, like, a prank if I were Dan. Like, how are they going to say, I don't want to make changes to your book, and then this, their literal second idea is turning musical. it into a, mu- into a musical. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Dan stops Jane and Natalie. He's like, I thought we were turning my book into an important independent film, uh, not turning my book into Newsies. And he says that inside is his life, and he doesn't need anyone to tell him how to write it. And he storms out. Um, so, you know, Dan... You know, I guess being a little bit of a diva, I guess he could have, you know, waited more than 30 seconds to storm out. But also, like, this is ridiculous. And Dan should have seen through this, but he does not. Right. And he also, like, doesn't fully deserve to just be the guy that writes the screenplay either because it's not something he has ever done before. He's not a filmmaker. He's <laughs> he's not, he's never written a screenplay before. Right. Aaron Sorkin should be involved here yeah. somehow. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> should he? You know, I was, I was shocked to hear that it was Aaron Sorkin of all people. I was like, how did you? What? Really? Like re- I mean, really, you want this like the story of this man's life, but in like fast forward, like on one point seven five x b listen, if okay. you were shocked with who wanted to write the screenplay this week you you would have been even more shocked with who wanted to produce the movie last week, <laughs> oh. Harvey Weinstein himself. Well. Wanted to, wanted to, uh, yeah. All right. So, we're done here. Blast <laughs> <laughs> from the past. Um, so these are the kind of name drops we'll get by by listening to, uh, to by watching Gossip Girl. Um, Blair Blair is holding court here. Honestly, thank God we got the old Blair back for an episode because besides this storyline, there's not really much going on. Uh, it's it's uh, sad that she had to beg Louis to bring herself back, but Blair really has been so fucking boring since Louis and the Royals rolled into town. Like this was a very nice and much needed change of pace yeah it, it, it was better than a lot of things we've gotten from blair and louis lately but it still like wasn't og blair i don't know it wasn't fully doing it for me either honestly they certainly didn't go full throttle but again i guess i'm just looking at this with the season five curve like at least it was not just like blair is miserable being in a marriage and she's gonna be a royal soon and this is what we have to deal with right it was what we contracts and yeah. and who's allowed to have the baby and what hospital wing can the baby be born in and what school is the baby going to be going to right. and it's definitely diluted uh, blair but it was it was blair yeah so 
know, she's got gathered her potential bridesmaid. Uh, she's preparing them for what's ahead. Uh, Blair needs to know who's going to crack under pressure. So the games begin. Uh, Blair has a whistle and everything, which is, which is a lovely touch. Although I can't see Blair ever stooping to using a whip whistle like she's like some kind of gym teacher or yeah, something. I think she would like, make Zerota blow it for her. Right. Yeah, that seems more likely. I don't know why they didn't do that. She has the potential to bridesmaids like altering dresses or something. I feel like this is not what bridesmaids usually do. I don't think they're going to need to do this at any point. I, I think at some point they were like zipping her up while also mm -hmm. making sure they could help her pee. Right. Yeah, I do love when Blair yells, she needs to pee. That was inspired. <laughs> As was Dorota like pretending to be paparazzi yeah. and taking pictures right. of them and while yelling them questions. The baby bump too. Iconic duo, yes. Um, what baby bump? Girls are... Exactly. Well, the non-existent baby bump that is going to be happening, I guess, at this <laughs> wedding very soon. <laughs> They're like, Blair, you're going to be showing at the wedding. All right, if, if you say so. <laughs> we, we, we haven't seen it yet, but... Um. <laughs> yeah, the girls are running downstairs in heels. They have to pick up a glass of champagne. Uh, if they trip or spill, they are out. And, you know, another thing that is sure to happen at the wedding, they're going to be running around with champagne <laughs> glasses as fast as they can. <laughs> The the uh, procession the, the ceremony is going to be really sped up. They're going to be running, <laughs> sprinting down the aisle. <laughs> I should have all my uh, Charlie... friends running to give me beers at the wedding too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie and Jessica like hilariously shove Cotty to the ground, and Cotty apologizes, but Blair tells her that she sickens her. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought this was fun. This scene, at least. Yeah, it was. It was fun. Come on, we're hard. having fun. Yeah, it wasn't like I've, I've seen so much no, funnier Blair stuff, but it was it was all right. I mean, in context of the rest of the episode, this was fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, was it was different. No, this this is good. This is good. I agree. Yeah, I like seeing the minions fight over the spot. Absolutely. And then we cut to Nate at work, and I've noticed that a lot of Gossip Girl season five is our twenty-year-old characters are at work, which is like so much less fun than them being at school or whatever. Like, why did we bring them out of college to all give them internships and stupid fucking jobs that yeah. are so fucking boring? Yeah, we and this we is what we watch every week now. Show. We signed up for teenagers. For teen drama. Yeah. And they, they're still teenage. They're, st they're supposed to be 20 years old or turning 21 years old. And they have them in these fucking movie producer jobs and uh, editor, like newspaper editor jobs. Like, it's with, so and they're boring. getting married. Like, it's... Yes, they're getting married. They're having kids. They're 20. Yeah. They are in college. We don't ever see them going to college, but they are supposed to be in college. Right. It, it's, it's why it's weird when they, they, they come just... to talk to Blair and they're like, oh, yeah, you, you, these are all like her college friends at some point. I forgot Blair hasn't <laughs> been to college in seemingly years. <laughs> yes, this is this is what it's like to be rich. I think they uh, your life really gets fast. They get the good jobs. You, yes. Yeah. You stumble, you from college stumble into work and get jobs. You're you're. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm just helping people sign book deals and, and adapt things into movies. You know, yeah. I've been out for three yeah, months. Dan's an author. You know, Dan's I, an I author know. now. Yeah. Honestly, a, a best-selling author By the, number nine on the bestsellers list at like 20 years old is nothing to scoff at dan he's so yeah. he's so disappointed <laughs> in himself it looks like rufus at the end of the episode it looks like rufus was about to say like i regret raising you again now that you're off the bestseller list <laughs> i thought so too he's very hot and cold with uh, whether he's proud of like, you know what? i was back in for parenting him. you if you got to number one but now that you're stuck only in really in the top 10 i can't and he shakes it. his head and, wa and walks away <laughs> i was number eight <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> Nate's dropping off a tablet to some guy named Keith and inviting him to the party tonight. But uh, Keith doesn't need an invitation since he'll be attending with Diana as whoever this man is rudely informs Nate. Uh, and the thing is, Nate wasn't supposed to be giving the tablet to this guy. But since he has Charlie's list, he is. And, uh, you know, Nate asks 
if Keith is going as Diana's date and Keith's assistant or again, whoever this man is says, hello, they've been going out for two months. I thought you worked in media, which, all right, I'm coming around on this guy. I don't know why he's so rude to Nate, but That's it's a good all right, sure. <laughs> so, so either one of them would look a little stupid like, here. I, the first time I was like, hey, let's tone it down. But then when he just kept leaning into just being rude to Nate for no reason, I was like, all right, I guess this is his thing. Yeah, all he has to do is be are on the internet dumb? a little bit in the are past two months. Are you dumb? Like, are you are you dumb? Hello, I thought right, you worked you in media. Even, like, do you even tabloid? <laughs> <laughs> um, Serena's going to drop by the loft. Uh, she tells Dan, she's like, don't worry, no one blames you for today. But uh, Dan doesn't have time for the bullshit. So he just tells Serena uh, to just say what Jane sent her here to say. And Serena's like, listen, you should waive the right to write the script. And I am very, I was very interested to see how Serena planned on convincing Dan to do this, and then she ends up doing it relatively easily. She's like, listen, if you write it, you'll be stuck in development hell because you're just going to keep rewriting it, which, interesting tactic, but I feel like Dan does have a very clear vision for this, and it's just keeping it the same as the book. So I feel like he wouldn't be rewriting it that much. I mean, maybe he would be, but uh, if they wanted to, like, attack Dan's lack of experience or lack of experience, that would be one thing. But, like, I don't know, maybe just give Dan a chance the thing that they hired him to do. But, obviously, that is, a, you know, they are right. sabotaging this and don't don't want him to do that. Yeah, it seems like if, if he stays on the project, they're not going to give him creative freedom anyway. So, you might as well just, like, step off and let them do what they want to do. Yeah. They want and the big like, name to rewrite no- it. You're a huge novelist now. You should be working on your next book, your next bestseller. We'll hire an A-list uh, screenwriter and, you know, someone that Jane can't bully. And again, that is what they should have done from the beginning. But, uh, you know, keep Dan on as like a consulting producer or an executive producer or whatever. Right. Just give him something and, and like he can help with the process. But, I think that spoke a little um, bit too is Serena saying like you should be writing, writing your next book. And he probably got excited a little bit. So I think that was smart of her to say it too. Yeah. And yeah, she uh, so she cooked him up. He needed She to be, right? really did. <laughs> Jane, Jane works with Oscar winners all the time, and Serena guarantees that she will not let Jane screw it up. And uh, yep, th- that <laughs> that is the part where Dan should just be like, mm, you know mm. what? No, actually, <laughs> we have demonstrated time and time again how little Serena can be trusted, especially if she's going to lose her job over something. This is a terrible idea waiting yeah. to happen, especially when she makes a bold claim like that when she says, "I won't let anyone screw it up." You should. You had me. Until that is you said exactly that. what she's gonna. Yeah. Yes. And Serena tells Dan, like she knows the Upper East Side, and she will protect his story and give Dan. And she gives Dan her word, which means oh. nothing to me and should mean nothing to Dan. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. How to... Yeah. <laughs> like the movie, like Dan kind of calls us out Man. later, but like I wouldn't be surprised if the movie comes out and Sabrina is like a perfect character who never does anything wrong. <laughs> right. She makes him seem like later. I mean, we'll get to it, but it, she makes him feel crazy for saying that, and I'm totally on yeah. his side. No, yeah. Dan knows that. No, like, like, ma'am, you were just serving cocktails like three weeks ago. Remember, <laughs> they just pushed you out of obscurity. You do not have that type of influence. Of course not. Sorry. I don't know why Dan is believing her. And Dan, Dan brought this up in in the book episode. Like Dan knows that his fault is always trusting Serena when he knows he shouldn't, and right. he falls for this trap again. Yeah, the two of them are just they're just called they it are out. What they are. They can't. They, they can help what themselves. They are. As Kesha once said, they are what they are. That is a Kesha song, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, Nate is on the phone with Diana, and he shares that he got a little hung up at Keith Gesson's office and asked if she was ever going to tell him that she, he was, uh, she was bringing him as a date. And she's like, oh, I was going to, but uh, Nate calls her out that she was just too busy lecturing him about how you can't mix business with pleasure. So, uh, you know, Nate's pissed now. Uh, Diana very condescendingly tells Nate that uh, she knows he doesn't understand, but he has to trust her. I don't know why he wouldn't understand. But and Nate finally stands up for himself and says he needs to rethink the whole relationship as he hangs up on Diana. Wow, and uh, Diana's immediately gonna gonna yell for someone to get her Charlie Rhodes, which uh oh see. 
surprised uh, Gossip Girl didn't, but, didn't but chime again, in with that one. Why was this guy on the list for getting an iPad if he was going with <laughs> the boss? Because the guy Who makes the guy makes knows. whoever walked in there to give the iPad, he would he would have made them look stupid. That his like his little his little minion. So he didn't need an invitation apparently. So it seems that like an error. On I don't know why. Part. Oh, that is true. That is true. Um, we need it so that we could you know have some conflict in this plot. I guess like have somewhat have Nate find out about this. Oh no, Nate's not going to be dating a fifty-year-old anymore. What are we going <laughs> to do? What are we going to do? That was me watching. That was me watching no, this episode. I- not not so fast. Uh, you thought he wouldn't be dating a fifty year old, but Diana <laughs> thinks different. You know, yeah. Nate's very easy to win back over. Nate. So. The only thing that would make That's me right. more excited than Nate dating a fifty year old is if next season he's just dating like a sixty five year old woman. I want him to go old. I want, to, I want him to go like maybe even like I want him to go old. Yeah, just as old as possible. Like Oxford dating. <laughs> he yeah. starts dating Cece. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> Nate, why are you dating my grandma? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Serena back at work unfortunately and uh, she tells Dan Jane that Dan is off the project Jane is super impressed uh, she calls Serena a star and asks how she did it and uh, Jane agrees that an A-plus screenwriter should be uh, writing this story and apparently Aaron Sorkin's agent called right after Serena left uh, Aaron Sorkin will be adapting inside pretty big name as Chappelle said it's going to be in all uh, 1.75x speed wow very exciting yeah listen Look, I really liked Molly's game uh, that was one. I, that was good I, that was a good I was like, I watched The West Wing. I've seen a couple episodes. About the same amount as I've seen of this. <laughs> Two. One of them you saw twice. Yeah. I've never, I've yeah, never seen basically. The West Wing, but I understand that it's uh, pretty good. Yeah, so. I've never seen West Wing. No. no. Uh, maybe we'll do that after after oh, Gossip Girl. I think it's a natural oh. progression of things to go West Wing after <laughs> Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently uh, Jane had Sorkin lined up for a week and his agent and her were just like waiting in the wings waiting for Dan to quit uh, you know so now you know we see why the musical pitches were happening a good play from producer Jane Dan falls for it like right away and Serena realizes that uh, she was used but Jane tells her that she should be happy because Sorkin is a good thing but Serena just wishes they could have spared everyone in the drama but Jane thinks that even Dan coming in this morning was great for the movie because producer Jane is she's really the pinnacle of optimism here she's like no Dan starting off was good this is what the movie should be a self-important teenager who betrays his friends and family for fame and fortune which I love the alliteration that was really strong stuff there but <laughs> isn't that already what it was kind of about like Dan I know tells she made something like she Hunter- this great new idea I'm like that sounds like the book though that's what the book is. Dan says that Dylan Hunter is that. Like, that is what happens in the book. Like, what do you mean? I think that might do him his book a good service then. Yes. She's like, Inside is going to be the next social yeah. network. I, like, I'm going to Zuckerberg Dan, making a, you know, Zuckerberging into a verb, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Serena, who in the last scene pledged her loyalty to Dan and made a blood oath that she would protect the integrity of his book and movie. Uh, hears all this from Jane and retorts with a very muddle, This isn't fair. <laughs> Bravo, Serena. Great work. Dan was so right to put his faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> She's got it under control. Oh, Jane, this isn't fair. We can't she do this. She tried so hard. <laughs> no, she, she gave does. it her best, y'all. You didn't see her put up a fight? She she gave him her word, and she's going to like fight to her last breath, even if it is under her breath, uh, to <laughs> make sure this doesn't happen. So. Yeah, no, you say oh, it. it really did no. sound like her last breath. Oh, Jane, this really isn't fair to right. my last breath. <laughs> just passes so, away. And then, and then Serena's bright idea. She's like, no, I know I know what I'll do. I'll convince Jane that Dan isn't like that. Uh, so, you know, I'll is have the, a book. The, 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 the I'll book a plan dinner for all heard. of us. <laughs> so, and, like, and she's like, no. The next time I want to see Dan is at, is at Cannes Film Festival when uh, she's shaking his grateful hand. And 
Jane dismisses Serena. Serena does does nothing essentially to uphold her pledge to Dan. Nor nor could she ever do anything really. Like Dan fucked up. Serena got played yet again, and uh, this is what we should expect from these two characters. Right, and I still at the end of the day don't really care because this seems like the way that the movie should go anyway. So like let let, let yeah. the people that produce movies but, produce the movie, and they got the rights to it. They pay Dan for the rights. He gets the money, and then whatever they do with the movie, they do with the movie. If he wants to be a, on as a consultant, then great. And then Dan could do an interview where he's like, but, but that Serena, movie fucking sucked. That's not what I would have done with the movie. Right. But Serena's plan here is that, okay, so I just got backstabbed and this whole like dirty dealing is about to happen and I wasn't able to hold up my end of the bargain. I should bring Dan around these people so that he can yes. find out. Exactly. Like, I really yeah, don't, like, I, man, why are you bringing him here? Why? Well, Serena really thinks, like, if I just show her what Dan's really like. How, but how does she want to do movie? that? Like, hey, look at Dan. Dan's, Dan's really like. She, show her. She has her vision for the movie. Like, what do you mean? Like, oh, Dan's actually a good person. We can't make this movie. Like, she does no. not care. Chappelle doesn't watch the show. He, he, that's a great, like, Gossip Girl scheme right there. That's perfect. Easy. Yeah, well, whoa, don't tell Louie there's right. a scheme well, going like, on. What, what's he going to do? <laughs> But it's like, what's right. he gonna do at he the wedding? At, I mean, them? at the party, like, like, say, like, like, rescue a cat out of the tree or something <laughs> like that. Like, oh my God, we can't Zuckerberg that guy. <laughs> exactly. He cares about human life. We can't Zuckerberg him. We can't. No, anyone but him. Let Zuckerberg someone else. <laughs> so Blair's with her final yeah. three minions. Uh, they're they're already up to the final round. They're going to going to accompany Blair and her prince to the event of the week, the Spectator launch party. Uh, they're all very excited, and they're gonna play a game with one of the guests. Uh, Bla- Blair's in her jigsaw era now. She's uh, the target is a boy, of course. And Blair's like, I want to play a game. The rules are simple. Yeah, why don't we get Blair the apple out of every bachelor's up. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to know who's going to bag a baron and who's going to embarrass me. How's my jigsaw so far? Is this, uh, is this working? Like I'll keep going. Whoever is the first to no, get a kiss from you, one of New York's most eligible bachelors. Embarrass me with a bag. Uh, it was an embar- embarrass me with a bellhop. Isn't that what it was? You got to with uh, the bellhop <laughs> part of it because it's very specific that you can't be with the help, Matt. You uh, yes, you know, yes, as long yes, as you're not that. with the help, then you're good. Right. And uh, so whoever whoever uh, gets a kiss from from the bachelor, you know, not the bellhop, uh, wins the right to call herself my royal bridesmaid. Live or die. The choice is yours. Uh, Blair, Blair, I think Blair could, uh, you know, do what Jigsaw does. Blair could kidnap people, lock them in rooms and torture them in the name of living life to the fullest. But uh, I don't think Jigsaw could never be the queen bee at Constance. No, because I think the difference with the song is that the, the contestants don't like jigsaw i think they still want to be b blair after everything's done <laughs> that'll be that'll i mean some of them end up liking jigsaw a- afterwards really like they like they like are friends with him and they really him. yeah i mean that, that's not, they, not to spoil to saw but well, not not to spoil saw but the, the you know the, the person who who survives that uh that that bear trap in the first movie ends up becoming his uh closest his closest sidekick oh wow I didn't know that. I think I've seen you've the seen one. the movie. Wow! Wait, no, what you've what seen the second one. I watched uh, it with you. The second one, I think I tried no, to like, get it. out of my brain because of the no. needles. Mm, that's the big one that everyone remembers. Listen, you watched, you watched Saw with Maddie. I watched High School Musical. It's a whole thing, but just know <laughs> that at the end of both of them, you know, it's all about the friends you make along the way. <laughs> that's true. Brendan also famously watched High School Musical uh, with me in, in his dorm room at New Paltz at four o'clock in the morning, and everyone was uh, <laughs> screaming at us to shut the fuck up so they could go to bed. <laughs> We did not listen. We had songs to sing at 4 a.m. We had to. We had no choice. <laughs> we, no, we, had to. we pressed play. 
<laughs> exactly. Got to finish once you press play. Um, so Dorota reveals the target is Nate Archibald. The girls are pumped, except for Charlie, of course. But uh, Charlie gets a call from Diana. She wants to know why Nate was calling her from Keith Gesson's office. And Charlie apologizes and fills her in that Blair is having a competition to pick her bridesmaids. Uh, if she win- if she wins, she can cover the royal wedding for the spectator. Um, and I-, I don't know. If something was going to happen, like super secret that was going to happen here and that Charlie could like uncover. Like Blair knows that Charlie works for the spectator. She, she would not not let, right. She would not let Charlie get anything like of worth for the scoop anyway. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's nothing here. I don't know what this is about. Like if anything, it, it would be funny if it was just a scheme for her to kiss Nate, but that wasn't what it was for. Maybe it turns into that though. Maybe a little bit. I don't Maybe. blame her. So, <laughs> Darina calls Dan. She asks if he's free tonight because Jane wanted Dan to be her guest at the spectator party. Uh, kind of weird, but all right. I, I'd be like, what? Jane wants me to be her guest? That doesn't make sense, but okay. And uh, Dan thinks that Jane loves him again now that he quit the movie. But Serena says, no, no, no. She just wants to get to know you better. The real Dan. And again, Serena is so naive to think that this would have any chance of working. Again, Jane does not give a shit what Dan is really like. She has. As an idea for the movie, she wants to make it. She wants to Zuckerberg Dan. And for Serena to think she can change her boss's mind just by bringing Dan tonight, it, it's giving Sabrina. It, it really is. What is that conversation <laughs> even going to be like? Like, hey, Dan, so uh, what do you like? Like, uh, I don't know. Read the book. <laughs> <laughs> read the so, book. <laughs> even even the Gossip Girl voiceover calls this an accident waiting to happen. And uh, you know, she's right. So Yeah. Um, Charlie drops by Nate's place. She asks if uh, he got her text, but he turned his phone off, actually. Uh, he, he tries he tries to pretend like uh, he's good, but turning your phone off is like the most dramatic thing you can do. So, so Charlie's not <laughs> buying it. <laughs> it's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, she tells Nate that she, he, she's not good at dealing with her own problems, but she's great at dealing with other people's problems. I, I kind of think of myself in the same way. Me and Charlie are, are similar in that way. And... Nate explains that there's this girl he asked to the party tonight. Girl, yeah, okay. More yeah. like an old, old fucking woman. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. There's a, there's a mom that I asked to the party. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she said no, which is fine, until he found out that she's bringing another guy. And Charlie thinks she's letting him down easy, but Nate says easy is not her style. So uh, I don't know how Charlie works with the two of them and not realize he's talking about Diana. Like, I know. That's like part of the scheme was confusing, too. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure she knows, but I guess she doesn't know. No, which apparently she doesn't, even though he keeps getting invites to go into her office, and then, like, they, they hear some, like, moaning sometimes, but she's, no, she's a little... <laughs> Especially when it was just the three of them in that whole office, like, how well, did she not she, hear the moaning? It's just the three of them working. <laughs> um, so, well, it just happens so fast, y'all. Like, yeah. I mean, right. In and out. It's so quick, she doesn't even notice. She's like, well, they're definitely not having... <laughs> what was that? She's like, they're definitely not having sex, because no way it could have happened that quickly. <laughs> 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 Charlie is uh, confident that the girl is trying to make Nate jealous, and she thinks he needs to fight fire with fire. Uh, so... Charlie uh, puts on her sexy voice and tells him uh, tells him that he won't be ruining her night and to pick her up at six. Uh, so great move from Charlie here, killing two birds with one stone, uh, using Nate's problem to help with her own. Uh, get, you know, it's giving Jenny Humphrey. I, it's something that Jenny would do here. Yeah. Especially it, bringing Nate to the party. I was going to yeah. say, especially Jenny like has an actual crush on him always. Mm-hmm. Is she old as hell too? Jenny, no, no, no. That's uh, Dan's younger sister. Yeah, yeah she's she's younger. Dan, Nate's one of the people that has, uh, you know, I, I've said this before, but he has got the eighteen to hundred on Tinder. He, no, no age, no age discrimination from Nate here. He's going all over the map. <laughs> Listen, Nate, older women leave no, need love too. You will learn that in this episode. But they gotta pay. <laughs> <laughs> they and they will pay. <laughs> um, 
Dr. Barnes is walking her horny dog in the park, and Louis <laughs> creepily walks up next to her like an alien. Like, I, I, He's a sociopath. He's a robot. He's an alien. Louis is everything. He's really is. He's pissed that she hasn't answered his calls, but she tells Louis that she is done. She can't be responsible for destroying a young man who's doing everything he can to heal himself, which, yeah, thank you, doctor, for <laughs> saying what you should have said to begin with. Um <laughs> And uh, Dr. Barnes gives him his refund, and yeah. And at that very moment, as Dr. Barnes is giving Louis uh, an envelope of money, Chuck is walking monkey and sees this transaction take place, and uh, he is crushed. And I, I know I know they both walk dogs in this park, but still quite the coincidence, uh, yeah. as as does happen in the show. It's a bad move for the therapist, honestly, to be doing this in this park the where park. she's seen yeah, Chuck. She met the dog. Chuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All these people, not the smartest people. And obviously Chuck is going to think the worst, and... I mean, there's not. I mean, he thinks about think like, what, what's happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, completely the therapist's fault for getting herself in the situation in the first place, and then going back to this very park. And so Chuck sees his therapist should never paying be off giving envelopes back and forth in the middle of a park either. Like that just looks suspicious to any <laughs> passerby. Yes. Right. Right. Like you're doing something highly illegal and unethical. And yeah. You're like, let's do it in public with the Prince of Monaco. Yeah. Not that anyone yeah, knows what I don't that know. is normally, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so Chuck calls. Dr. Barnes, he watches her, uh, you know, fuck you, his call, and he leaves a message saying that uh, he's in trouble and asks her to meet him tonight, and so she's also going to come to the party, I guess, to, to save Chuck. Um, so we are at the event of the week. It is the big spectator launch party, and Louis asks Blair how her day was, and she tells him that old habits die hard, but then uh, Blair's minions walk in, and Louis like is like, if they die at all. So oh, what's he saying? He wants Blair's minions <laughs> to be dead? Is that, is that, oh, I see your minions are still alive. What is, uh, what is happening here? <laughs> Why are they here? <laughs> Blair, Blair assures him that she'll be done by tonight, and he won't even realize they're here. Um, Can you remember, remember Nate, again why Blair wants these girls to kiss Nate for? I'm sure it's not that important, but I just wasn't <laughs> sure if there was a reason for it. That's just the that's just the goal. That's the the scavenger hunt. I really did laugh when she revealed like the painting of Nate. Like you have to kiss this yeah, the guy. This picture, the life size picture of Nate that, that she just has in her. <laughs> yeah. It was necessary. Yes, yes. I like it. Don't worry about why I have this. <laughs> this is just something that I own. Um, Charlie and Nate walk in arm in arm. Uh, Penelope and Jessica recognize this as game on here. And uh, Diana and Keith walk into the event. And I gotta say, Keith is pretty ugly. It's a pretty ugly date for Diana. I don't think Nate has anything to worry about. <laughs> Just call it straight up. Why? Why do you think she leaves him so easily, though? Yeah. I mean, it's, it literally is nothing. She goes from like she goes from Nate. I never want to be seen with you in public. I can't do this on my release night. Like I'm a girl boss, and I can't allow that to happen. And then she goes out with uh, this guy, and everybody's like, "Ew!" And she's like, "You know what? Maybe I'll call Nate." Yeah, I guess, maybe. Maybe, maybe ugly Keith doesn't have as much cachet as I thought. I can't even picture him. <laughs> he just looks like right. a ball or something. <laughs> Um, and then Chuck greets Diana as if he like wants to fuck her as well. He's like, have we met before? And it's she is pretty certain they haven't. But for whatever reason, Chuck thinks that they have, even though Diana tells him, uh, you know, she thinks she'd remember. Again, doesn't Chuck know that Nate is hooking up with her? Uh, it is unclear if he does. I know at some point and then, Chuck was trying to help Nate fuck her. Maybe he didn't know. Right. Who it was. And then also he asked Chuck for advice on how to on how to bag an older woman. And Blair and Louie walk up to Chuck. Uh, and uh, I do like uh Chuck's slightly sarcastic greeting to Louie here where he goes, Your Highness, always a pleasure. And <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. Um 
Dan enters. He finds Jane. Uh, Jane is clearly surprised to see him, but Dan thanks her so much for inviting him and says he really appreciates it. And then uh, Jane asks Serena if she told Dan that they got Sorkin to write the movie, and Dan is obviously impressed. And uh, Jane tells him, now your character will talk even faster than you do, which uh, which is good. Is Dan Humphrey a notorious fast talker? Like, he's a rambler for sure, but I never really noticed the Mm. speed at which he was rambling. Definitely a rambler, yeah. I'd say a pretty quick talker. Okay. Mm, I'm a fast talker. He's not a fast talker. He's a normal, you know, above average. I think everybody else is a slow talker. I'm a fast talker, and he probably talks about normal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That checks out. My mouth wants to be a fast talker, but my brain mm. can't catch up with it. Yeah, your stupid, stupid brain. Mm. Stupid, stupid. (laughs) I actually was much higher when I was younger. I don't know what happened. I I need to get another test. Maybe we should do an episode of Lonely Boys in the off-season where we both take an IQ test. Yeah, great. They're they're always uh, super reliable. <laughs> Just a random online IQ test that we're gonna take. Yeah. You're a genius. All right. Please do Sounds not good. call me. Whatever people think I'm gonna get is what I'm gonna get. So just leave me out. Just assume that it's low. <laughs> oh, that's how we get Chappelle back on the podcast. He gets comes on for the off season right. podcast where You're we take the IQ test. Book him now. Welcome. <laughs> Come shame me like welcome now the dumb bitch of the podcast. <laughs> Chappelle is back. It's and ladies and gentlemen, like, Aries Moon. <laughs> Like Chappelle, remember at a live know-it-alls when you were uh, wasted and you agreed to do this off-season podcast where you come on and do IQ tests? Yeah, you said that uh, this date worked for you. <laughs> All right, I, I guess I did. It. Really? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Chappelle's yeah, dumber I guess than I you did. thought. <laughs> <laughs> or just as dumb I, as you thought. You know, results may vary. Dan goes to call his agent and tell her and while he's gone Jane basically tells Serena that she sees right through her stupid plan and she's not going to get guilt tripped into changing her mind and Serena's like I just want you to get to know the real Dan and I'm like, she starts she talking the plan about because again there's really not much of a plan to begin with so <laughs> there's no plan as we already knew what happened Jane explains that Zuckerberging is the better movie so that's what's happening and Serena tells Jane I gave him my word that I would protect him. He's one of my best friends. Please don't do this to him. And I'm surprised Jane doesn't just laugh in her face. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was doing. Gone are the we said this last week, but gone are the days where producer Jane was in love with Serena and showering her with work and praise. In fact, Jane pulls Serena off the project effective immediately. Just just like Dan, she's too close to it. Yeah, it's a good move. You should. But you don't but you don't understand. I gave him my word. Oh, that changes everything. So sorry, I didn't know you gave him your word. I'll change the movie. It's fine. Right, her, yeah, her boss has everything she needs. Mm-hmm. She needs let's just leave anymore. all this money out here. Yeah, exactly. Let's leave all the money on the table because Zarina is just like lied to her friend because she sorry had no Sorkin, <laughs> sorry Sorkin. Serena gave Dan her word. We can't Zuckerberg him. Okay, so uh, Jessica is schmoozing Nate, and uh, nothing new for Nate. He's used to everyone being obsessed with him. Uh, Charlie rushes back to intercept this. Uh, Jessica wants to see Nate's office, and somehow uh, has the power to tell Charlie that she's not coming with. So Charlie just responds by like pulling the strap off Jessica's dress and causing a fun little wardrobe malfunction. I I know Brendan, you uh, really slowed down the the uh, episode here and tried to see as much as possible. Yeah, well, I didn't have to. In my version, uh, it, it just showed full, yes. full nip. Yeah. Yeah, yes, of course. Of course, you're, you're the dirty versions that HBO Max gives you. <laughs> so, uh, Blair looks impressed at, at this scheme. And we're going to go back to Diana talking to Serena. She's delighted that Serena came. She wants to know why she's not having fun. And Serena explains that she got herself in a situation where uh, she's going to hurt someone she cares about. Uh, where have we seen this before? And so... Diana has uh, really turned into the new producer Jane where she just loves Serena for no reason and like offers her uh, help for the problem. She's she's quite the problem solver here. Yeah. She she I'm like she, does she want just to make it a, an Avengers team of just upper east siders and eventually have every single one of the main cast members working for this publication? Right. 
Right. Like by the end of this episode, she has Serena working for them. Nate and Charlie are working are working for it. Like the the spectator is turning into the, like the new Columbia, where everyone just yeah. slowly but surely starts transferring there. Next week, she'll be like, "Oh, Dan, you having a writer's block? Why don't you come?" Right for the paper, maybe it'll right for <laughs> help you out a little bit. <laughs> right for the paper, who needs a book when you can just make a blog? <laughs> Everyone just works for the Spectator now, and Diana is the new headmistress Squeller. Um, so, Serena tells Diana it involves Jane, and now Diana has to know even more. So Serena explains it's about the book option, and she needs to kill the project. So Serena's <laughs> new plan is just kill it completely. Like if I can't be a part of it. I'm taking it down. <laughs> there's nothing else I can do and so Diana really must be uh, quite the problem solver because she tells Serena to give her two seconds and it'll vanish and Serena thanks her but for some reason tells her she'll figure it out on her, on her own and Diana's confused she's like yeah you just said you couldn't which yeah good point Diana <laughs> like, <laughs> right Diana's an interesting character because she like is a part of a stupid plotline but she can sometimes be interesting because she goes and kills this project and you know that she has she seemingly has dirt on everyone it's, it's interesting to know like what her her background is she could potentially have some interesting stuff from her past potentially it's taken up it's a real slow burn to get there but right. potentially but I, I worry that if we, we do find there. out what her interesting qualities are it'll lose all i'll, I'll lose interest personally because i bet they, right. can't, they can't like fill uh my my interest it's just going to be something stupid mm-hmm. diana uh, explains I that she and, i think that oh, even on. like when she goes to well, well, when she goes to even go like, I'll, I'll kill it. It'll take me two seconds. And she's like, no, no, you don't have to do it. It's like, no, no, I insist. It's like, no, no, you don't really need to. No, no, I got it. I have the perfect dirt for this situation. Please let me go ruin this woman's life. It's like, oh, okay, I have been okay, I got waiting it. So, for the opportunity to use this dirt. Right. And this is the same person who's like, I'm. Go- we're going to have an ethical blog. We're not going to be like Gossip Girl. Like, girl, you, you, you right. are actually doing exactly what, what she's to doing be right Gossip now. Girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Right. You Di- want to be her so it- fucking bad. Yes. And uh, she explains that she and Jane have history. She's not afraid to remind her of. Uh, she won't tell Serena what the history is, but she asks how badly she wants the problem to go away. And Serena does not answer, but Diana's like, eh, I'll have a word with Jane anyway. Yeah. Uh, maybe the, the most I've liked Diana so far, she's, she's very uh, cheeky in this episode. Yeah, very mysterious. I do like that. Yeah. Uh, Penelope's giving up. She tells Charlie to just kiss Nate already because he clearly has a huge crush on her. And uh, Charlie says she would, but she feels like she's not Nick's type, which, yeah, because she's not 50. And right. Penelope explains that he doesn't have a type. He's like Derek Jeter, which uh, another New York baseball reference of the show. Uh, I, does Derek Jeter famously not have a type? Does, does Nate also uh, give his girls gift baskets after he spends the night with them? <laughs> and say, yeah, Nate, yeah, Nate, when he's getting head. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, really making this graphic? Oh my god! <laughs> I always wonder if that story is true. Go but on. I hope it's not. <laughs> so, hey, Charlie, I'm looking for... at the, the the dating history right now. I'm sorry, y'all, but uh, Adriana Lima, Jessica Biel, Jessica Alba. Well, he has a thing for Jessica. We know that. Charlie, yeah. Jessica, Jessica Rabbit, Tyra Kelly, uh, Mariah Carey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, t- uh, two Vanessas, so Vanessa Manillo and Vanessa Lachey. All right. Um, so yeah, I think he has a type. He, he likes to keep his names, you know, his contact list short. You know, keep okay. it all in the yeah. same couple uh, letters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. See it. It's it's easier when making the the gift baskets for people if he has the if if they just have the right. same name. Make one just, and you know what was in the gift it. baskets? Was it just right. like autographed exactly. baseballs? Signed baseball, probably a life size. Mm-hmm. Uh, picture of him like like head. the one with nate i think i think they also have that in common <laughs> nate two, gets every i sent you my balls i signed them just so you <laughs> i wonder what's going in uh in nate's gift basket I, that, a, bunch that, of, I, a bunch of pool, I don't know pool balls 
<laughs> to billiard balls, yes. More balls. <laughs> More balls. So Charlie, for some reason, tells Penelope that uh, Nate says she was the hottest girl at Constance and also something about how she was the only girl at Constance he wished he hooked up with but never did. Uh, how sad would that be if it were true? <laughs> like, <laughs> Brendan, are you still thinking about uh, missed conquests from high school? Oh, I mean, constantly. This actually re- reminds me, <laughs> this scene reminds me of a missed conquest I talked about recently. Go on. Well, you, you 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 can go on and, and tell us what, what yeah, happened in the, in the episode, and I'll I'll relate it back to my thing. Oh, okay, sure. Um, I also just Ooh, want to point out the height okay. difference between uh, Penelope and Charlie in this scene. It's staggering. Penelope is like two feet taller than Charlie <laughs> yeah. in this scene. I, I so I do agree with with uh, fake Nate here because Penelope has been the most attractive minion we've had all series long. Interesting. Okay. Um, so Penelope has her newfound confidence. So she marches up to Nate, tells him, let's do this, and goes in for the kiss. Uh, Nate is surprised and dodges the kiss with a, whoa. And she, of course, goes stumbling into a cater waiter, as always seems to happen <laughs> at, the, at these parties. And, uh, Blair is pissed that Penelope is consorting with the help, and Blair dismisses her, which... Wow, uh, quite the cardinal sin of consorting with the help, but I, I don't know how Charlie knew that this would work, because I feel I, like Nate would have no, had... yeah. She knows he's going to swing and so miss here. Like I, yeah, I feel like that Nate would have been so surprised he just would have, like, kissed right. her or let her kiss him or something. But, like, Charlie knew that he was going to be, uh, you know, on his feet enough to dodge the kiss and have her stumble into her cater right. So, the, I don't know if you remember, this was a few weeks ago. I talked about uh, one of the graduation parties we were at when I saw everyone hooking up. I was like, huh, I guess it's pretty easy. And I just walk up to Alyssa Lepresti and try to kiss her, exactly like how this scene plays out. And I just <laughs> fully missed, and she laughed at me. So like, this is exactly what happened. <laughs> now you have a visual to go with with the story from a few weeks ago. I do remember that story, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bold move, Brendan. Uh, what, what was going on here? Why, 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 would you, why did you do this? Uh, high school and a bunch of Mike's Hard Lemonades. Uh, those Mike's Hards will get okay, you. Okay, there he goes. I was looking for the alcohol. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. I, was the alcohol. It was the, I think it was yeah, Mike Cherry. I don't think a sober person would ever do that. <laughs> I mean... I, <laughs> and so Louis looks at Blair disappointed and she tells him it's not her fault that Penelope tripped and again Louis all episode really is like Blair you're getting too fun again we need to keep you as the most boring character from now on cut it out and like <laughs> <laughs> then we also see like Dr. Therapist Barnes shows up and Chuck stares at her so something's gonna be going on there uh, producer Jane is leaving uh, Dan is surprised she's leaving so soon because he was hoping that they could talk more about the movie and uh, Jane tells Dan the movie's dead and he can ask his friend Serena why which maybe Serena should have explained some of what was happening to Dan so that this doesn't seem so out of like fucking left field to him. Serena really is so dumb. Yeah. She's just taking it on both sides. She's like, yeah, I'll just kill the movie now. And Dan will be understanding of that. Okay. Even like when you, when you have to go and I'll bring him and find out for someone else. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. So she really just knows how to blow everything up and try and look pretty and be like, but I didn't, I I had good intentions though. I didn't mean to. I I tried. I gave. My, I, I lost my job because of you. Like, shut the fuck up, sir. I lost all your chances of your book ever uh, surpassing number eight on the charts. Yeah, but I'm still cute. Um, <laughs> Di- Diana proposes a toast. She thanks everyone for coming and says that she takes great pleasure that if a bomb went off this second, then there would be no New York media. And this even gets a chuckle out of Chuck. He, he appreciates some dark humor. <laughs> Nate thanks Charlie for being his date. Uh, he doesn't really. He doesn't really think uh, that the person he was trying to make jealous even cared, which is the perfect opening for Charlie. And uh, Nate and Charlie start making out mid-toast, which is just very funny to do anyway. Like I, I always said that too out loud to Nicole. Someone's saying a speech, and you're in line of sight, and you start making out during it. 
<laughs> and so Diana clocks this and starts getting flustered. Uh, Blair also sees the smooch and is so proud of her little Charlie. She raises her glass. And so... <laughs> Uh, Diana apologizes to the other editors, but editors, but starting tonight, she's going to be poaching their best reporters and stealing their best stories. Um, I'm actually surprised she didn't like see Nate hooking up with Charlie and like didn't just fire everyone again in a fit of rage. Yeah. They're all fired again. Nate, come into my office. I mean, regardless, I would have been flustered just seeing anyone just hooking up hardcore <laughs> in the middle of my worst <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anybody would have paused. Everybody would have been like, "Oh, okay, um, Nate, Charlie, <laughs> y'all work I'll, together, don't y'all? Like, isn't that kind of weird?" Like, there's, a, there's a lot of room you can go to, but you decide to like partially listen to me while you make out. Y'all know y'all's bosses here, right? Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> your speech was just so so empowering that we just had to do something. <laughs> hey, I guess I need to be flustered or flattered. <laughs> and then like Chuck takes center stage during this toast <laughs> during this toast and he tells Diana he has a story for her and he's just like my therapist Dr. Eliza Barnes has been using hypnosis to coerce me into performing unspeakable acts it is funny because she's Doc- like oh, that's a good one <laughs> I want to take that off air <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to take that off air <laughs> did yeah. he lie though he made that up right <laughs> he just, she wasn't he hypnotizing him was she <laughs> no she wasn't I was very confused at this but I guess he did it so like because if he was just like uh, my therapist has been uh, selling my secrets to other people. Like Doctor Barnes would have just like ran away, but because he like accuses accuses her of something that's so insane, she like <laughs> reveals herself and is like, "That's not true." And he's like, "Well, now that I have you here, let me tell you what you have been doing." <laughs> that's a good move. I didn't really pick up on that. I thought what he said was what was going on, but I I did like him. <laughs> no, she is. <laughs> yeah, like, I would I would never hypnotize anybody I, I am a therapist damn it i, right. I took an oath and he's like okay well you can my secrets she's like yeah that, but that, well that, yeah, yeah that did happen and so uh diana hears all this and is ready to print this story if he has proof but uh blair tries to stop chuck but chuck tells her that if she doesn't believe him you should ask your fiance he's the one who paid her and now blair is the one that gets to be mad at louis for scheming behind her back Ooh, Louis, you've been bad. Wee wee. Louis, me, wee wee. Blair is no time. Well, can for- she be mad though? Like, but she's schemy. Like that's her thing. Shouldn't she be like, oh, Louis, you're not as boring as I thought you were. Like this. Yeah, is that's that's she, one way she could have looked really at it. Really mad at him about this. Right. Well, it's just the I, I whole the, thing. The problem that- is that like, she has had the, the two of them have had trust issues. So like, uh, she's just been like, can you please trust me? He's like, okay, I guess I will. And he obviously still doesn't. So that I would be, I get being annoyed. Right. And I, I think the thing is that it's not only that like he has been forcing her not to be a schemer, forcing her not to be her true self for him to just do the same thing. But as she says later, like even like worse, like he's clearly still not trusting her. And then he's like going behind her back to like try and make Chuck be a bad person. Again. Like this is terrible. Like he's terrible. Yeah, like it's so much plan. worse than just this random scheming that she's doing with her minions. Like so. um and Blair has no time for Louis' bullshit. She tells him that exactly what we just said. He, he's been getting mad about her scheming, and what he's been doing is even worse, which which I think is a good point. And that's when Louis thinks he can explain and tells Blair that he found Chuck's paternity test. And like now he can stop pretending that everything is all right and call out Blair for having to get a ter- paternity test so she could decide who to be with. And uh, this is why you always get rid of evidence. I don't know what Blair was doing keeping this in a drawer. Yeah, we, we called it out when it happened. Like what, that, You, you should have put that away. Yeah, not, and not there, or just and, in the garbage. Right. Blair says she wanted peace of mind that what she hoped was true, but Louis Francis says, like, taking the paternity test showed him that Blair still considered there to be a choice to make. So, 
he's not mad that Blair had sex with Chuck while they were still together. Like he's just mad that she felt the need right. to get the paternity test. You, you Am I understanding this correctly? Around. Yeah, like you should be mad that like, oh, you cheated on me. This is what I would get from that. Right, but instead he's like, right. yeah, I, you taking the paternity test proves that you still thought there was a choice. Like, what? No, she just wanted to see who the dad was. Like, I don't care if you fucked him. You could fuck him all you want. Had well, no the whole time insight. we're married, but. <laughs> but as long just as you choose, choose to yeah. raise the baby with me, no matter whose nope. it is. Yeah, no, I know. This is crazy, because I, I, swear, I swear I thought that, okay, maybe they weren't together when it happened. Because remember, I have, not, I have no insight into this at all. So I'm like. Oh, well, obviously they weren't together. They probably were just like messing around and then she had to make a choice and she chose the prince, obviously, over the guy with the murderous eyebrows. But now that you <laughs> mentioned that they're together the whole time, yeah. like, yeah, it's not about the choice. It's about that she she already chose to cheat on you. Is that, are you, you right. that kid? That, it, you're fine. Do you, uh, you know, where they, where Blair and Chuck did the deed? I know. Uh, no. They, at a, uh, at a random kid's bar mitzvah, they crashed a bar mitzvah and, uh, and had sex in the coat room. That's passion. Baby. I have to go to one of these bar mitzvahs one time. <laughs> <laughs> they, get, they, get, they get very entertaining. They get saucy. I, I definitely want to pull up now. <laughs> so, um, Louis took it upon himself to uh, prove to Blair that Chuck is wrong for her, even though you know he's doing something very Chuck right now that Blair will will call out. And Blair tells Louis for the millionth time that she and Chuck can never work. She knows this for certain, and so does Chuck, and so should Louis. Uh, she says that Chuck destroys everything and everybody in his life, and he'll never change. But what's scaring me? Is you're changing into him. Um, is this valid or is Blair like being a hypocrite? I mean, a little bit. Maybe she's just a little defensive because she got called out just now. Uh, I don't. I would. Yeah. I would never say that Louis fully turning into Chuck. That's a little insane. He, he just has trust issues. Um, and maybe he took a little bit far. But I would. I would never say he's he's turning into Chuck. Maybe I'm Chuck Bass. I don't know all the things that. I don't know all the things that Chuck has done, but. Paying a therapist to sabotage a man's life, is, it's very sinister. You know, like, I don't know what the line is between what Chuck would do and what somebody who's not Chuck would do, but I, I think when you go to, like, I was interfering with someone's mental health to make them have a psychotic break and go off the handle and do something so that my wife will never like them anymore, I'd have to assume that that's kind of Chuck-like. I, right. I don't know what Chuck has done, but it sounds yeah, like Chuck, Chuck has like. done some pretty weird things, and that could be in his wheelhouse. Well, yeah, I think the worst of Chuck's crimes, and, and he does kind of mention it uh, in his little speech at the end where he says, I treated you as property. Uh, what he leaves out is what he means by that is he once sold Blair for a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so that probably the worst of Chuck's transgressions. <laughs> right. That's the, thing, that's the difference. Is like Chuck has a history of things where this is like Louis' first offense. So I wouldn't say he's, he's maybe starting to be on track, but I don't think... He has enough of a history to be like, oh, yeah, I can see you're you're starting to turn it to Chuck. But I don't know. Give him some time. Yeah. Let him when cook. When he sells you to someone else, then that's when he's really becoming Chuck. But right, yeah. right. You're fine. <laughs> you're good. So uh, Serena is like sitting in a random boardroom alone. Dan comes in, asks Serena if she killed his movie. And Serena hilarious, hilariously responds, well, only because I had to. But like, don't worry. I did it for you. And Dan is beside himself. <laughs> Which again, never trust Serena no. because your movie will get killed eventually. Also, do you know and where so, she is in this boardroom? Does she just now think she's so professional that she has to just hang out and be idle in a boardroom? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what's going on. <laughs> so, Dan asked Serena if this was her plan from the beginning. Uh, he thinks that Serena hated her character so much that she couldn't bear to see a movie made about her. And yeah, you point out that she thinks this is ludicrous, but I can't really blame him for thinking that. Right. No, I, I, absolutely. That, that's what the, like, the whole argument has been about since she read this book. And then Serena who fucked up yet again, gets all the way back up on her high horse again and says, uh, for the record... 
I wasn't protecting my image. I was protecting your image. And again, I feel like Dan has made it very clear that Dylan Hunter is not supposed to be a good character. So why is anyone's image being protected? But Serena explains that Jane was going to do a hatchet job on Dan. And now Serena is going to get fired for stopping it. And she does her classic move of storming off as if she just had some killer less words. When more like it's like, okay, this shit. Like this still shouldn't have happened to begin with. So like, right, so, someone else should have had this movie, these movie rights in the first place. But Serena cornered Dan into letting her company get the movie rights, and now she fucked that up. So this already should have been being made by another. But should have been made by Harvey Weinstein by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's lucky that Harvey didn't get his hands on this. Right. You think you got Zuckerberg? Wait till Harvey Weinstein gets his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I got you. Just Serena being like, uh, yeah, I killed the movie, but I did it for you. And actually, I protected your image, Please and explain. I got fired for it. Like, no one asked you to do any of this, and you got fired because you're an idiot, not because, not because of Dan. So. <laughs> um, Nate and Charlie are being very flirty. Uh, it seems they both enjoyed their little makeout session, and so Diana picks the perfect moment to come out of the woodwork and loudly congratulate Charlie for winning Blair's contest, which, uh, come on, Charlie, this, this is something you need to be prepared for. Are, are, are you surprised, like, Diana brings this up as a threat later. Uh, are you surprised that Diana didn't just out Charlie's uh, entire secret out of spite? Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get there, too. She just wants to like, squeeze all the juice out of Charlie before she does drop the hammer. Yeah, Chappelle, I don't know if you uh, picked up on this, but Charlie, this is, uh, ostensibly, Charlie Rhodes, uh, Serena's cousin, a new character who is, uh, who, Serena's long-lost cousin who is back in into the Upper East Side spotlight now as a main character, uh, but... The big twist that we found out at the end of last season is this is actually not Charlie Rhodes. This is an actress named Ivy uh, pretending to be Serena's long lost cousin. And uh, she is not actually associated with this world, but she has been kind of uh, conning them all because uh, it started off as uh, she wanted money. But now uh, she actually loves the family as if it is her own. Okay, because I, I kind of picked up on something going on here because she's like, I'll tell everybody how you Clark Rockefeller your way into this. Mm -hmm. Not Clock Rock, Rock, Rockefeller. I was like, what is that? What is that? Not Clocky Rocks. Is she a character in here? Right. I was like, what? Classic Clark Rockefeller. You know, I, I was like, is she a character? <laughs> Who is she? You know, so I knew something was going on. So it turns out she's an imposter, right? Yes. She's just like trying to pretend that she's right. a part of the upper crust. Okay. And Diana Payne has the dirt I, on it. She knows I really who wants to expose her. Diana Payne, you and this like high high and mighty like no, we're bl our blog is going to be the good blog. I don't believe you now. You got too much dirt. You're <laughs> a lot of dirt. I'm looking at this old ass lady completely differently after this conversation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. This is what we're here. We're, we're here for to uh, to fill you in on all this stuff. Um, so Nate asks what. Uh, Diana's talking about, and Diana plays dumb and explains, oh, I thought you knew. This was all a game. Charlie only kissed you to become one of Blair's bridesmaids for the spectator. Oh, guess she left that part out. And so Charlie apologizes, but uh, Diana says that maybe Nate wasn't being completely honest either. And this is so embarrassing that Diana is letting these 20-year-olds affect her like this. So, like, she, yeah. she, like she, she's so jealous of Charlie. Like, she, you are twice their age, at least, so calm down with this. And, and you see, the way she attacks to be Charlie, too, is fucked up, because Charlie... Truly does not know that, right? This is who Nate was talking about. She didn't know that the two of them were involved, right? She catches on now to what's happening, and then Diana goes back uh, to be with her real date. Yeah, and Charlie doesn't look like oh, you know, like wow, that's crazy. You're dating our boss. She looks like oh my god. Yeah, that's who you're dating. 
<laughs> met, have you met her boyfriend? He's hideous. Like, what? Is this the best you can do? <laughs> so Chuck confronts his therapist. She tells Chuck uh, she's going to shut down her practice. She could have very easily just not done any of this. And, uh, <laughs> right. But Chuck sarcastically asks her why she's shutting down her practice and tells her that she's done wonders for her trust issue, his trust it's issues. Like, well, which, I, I sold the honestly, ring, so now I, I can live off that. <laughs> That's why I'm shutting down the practice. I don't need to work anymore. <laughs> honestly everyone that chucks gets close to always does let him down somehow even his therapist this guy really can't catch a break here yeah. um he says it jokingly barnes, but it's kind of sad that's true yeah barnes lets chuck know that she wasn't uh just being paid for information alone louis wanted her to drive chuck into a rage and uh, to turn you into apparently this monster you used to be louis is so threatened by you that he wanted to remind blair and then chuck finishes her sentence for some reason uh, why she chose him and Barnes tells Chuck that he can change. She was trying to provoke him this morning, but Chuck chose something better. He chose to let go. And so she tells Chuck to continue down that road and maybe he'll find peace. Uh, Chuck wonders what peace feels like, and Barnes leaves him with his ring and another apology. Uh, she claims she really did want to help. And that's how she, I, for some reason, like they had weird energy in the scene. For some reason, I thought she was going to give him like a kiss on the cheek before leaving him. <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he is really <laughs> forgiving of her too. It's like, oh, okay, thanks for the advice. I mean, I guess what else is he going to do? Right. Like, punch her in the face no and she already lost her practice like i there's nothing else there. right i don't think chuck cares enough about this woman to like ruin her life right titanium starts playing uh th this song yeah, will always be song. the song that uh that megan sings to me now but fun to hear it in gossip girl it is fun that's a great intro i am titanium this show has a good soundtrack. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I've talked about it before, but I mean, every time I, t I watch the two episodes that I watch, I'm always very surprised. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every time I watch these two episodes on, on repeat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we end the show with the, that Lana Del Rey song I love. Yes, yeah. Yes. But, Is that video games? I can't remember the name yes, of it. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah? Okay, good. Yes. Um, yeah. Gosh, Lana Del Rey is such a huge blind spot for me where I, I really like probably just know the one song the one song by her uh not the one in this episode but the the uh probably her most famous song can't can't think of what it is right now but i do know it Ooh, um, her uh, her cover of one. summertime is really really and then, good and then famously her her verse on uh snow on the beach uh more lana version <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't like that that's like the, the weakest song on the entire albums even with her extra verses so I, I, it's a skip for me. I like the one. I think it's an improvement. I like the one where she yeah. says her her pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. That's my favorite Lana Del Rey <laughs> song. Because I'm like now really okay. Interesting that she goes with Pepsi over over Coke. Uh, Pepsi I do think tastes better than Coke, but Diet Coke over mm. all of them. As I am sipping on a Diet Coke right now. She would have me if she said if my pussy woman tastes like me. wild cherry Pepsi mix, mixed with brisk the Brendan mix. Then I would be down yeah. This listen <laughs> if she says my pussy tastes like Diet 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 Diet. Pepsi, sorry, <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Then I think a lot of people would flunk that way, and I'm going the opposite direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Anytime you say anything tastes like a diet drink, like as much as diet drinks taste good, it's like my pussy tastes like aspartame. Like a diet drink, normal. Interesting. Right. Exactly. It's like, mm, thanks. Don't eat that. No. I. Uh, these podcasts go a lot of different ways. I did not think at the beginning of this that we would have Brendan saying, my pussy tastes like aspartame by the, by the end of it. That's the quote of the episode. Check it off your bingo board. <laughs> Sam, you better be making the bingo board for this. <laughs> so... Um, Diana is talking to Serena, desperately trying to convince Serena to write her blog for The Spectator. And Serena apologizes. Uh, she knows she owes her a favor, but she doesn't want to be the next gossip girl because she doesn't believe in attacking people online and spreading rumors. And again, 
Diana claims that she does not either. Uh, she just wants to take Gossip Girl down. Okay, that's that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say that uh, this would not be what Gossip Girl does. This would be Serena writing a blog. <laughs> Very different. But Serena, now Diana thinks she can use this to take Gossip Girl down uh, somehow. Uh, Serena doesn't get it because the entire city is addicted to Gossip Girl. And Diana's like, we can take the power away from her. Because this is the one thing that Serena's written right about all episode long. She just keeps saying, like, I don't yeah. know how this is going to work. I don't know how it's going to work. And then she ends up working for it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Since... She's like, ooh, someone wants me? All right, I guess I'll do it. Uh, but since Serena and her friends are the only reason anyone reads Gossip Girl to begin with, Serena can give the people what they want straight from the source. And again, this only works if Serena is going to be completely honest and like shit on herself, which is not going to be the case. So, well, guys, I got drunk Gossip on Thanksgiving Girl, again. Yeah. <laughs> like, therefore, want. Gossip Girl will still serve a purpose in this world. So uh, Serena's hesitant. Go on. No, I was gonna say, which is wild because we see Serena folds, uh, and yeah. you know there there was no valid argument made. All episode, it's been, well, do you want to do the blog? She's like, no, I don't really want to talk trash about my friends and and myself. She's like, oh, okay, well, do you want to do it now? It's like, no. <laughs> well, what if what if I asked you again? It's like, mm, well, you could do the blog. Okay, I think I will. Yeah. It's like, what, what, there, no, there was no argument made that should have swayed her opinion at the all. The only difference, I guess, oh. was now she was jobless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At that point. The, the thing that the last thing that Diana says that like sways Serena, she's like, Serena, this is your chance. And Serena's like, okay, but we have to do it my way. And Diana's like, I would expect nothing less. Meanwhile, she's probably thinking, like, yeah, we'll just we'll just do it all my way, actually. Yeah. And then she tells Serena to drop by the office. They'll brainstorm some ideas. So now Serena has gone from working with Dan to working with Nate and Charlie. And again, the spectator turning into the new uh, hotspot for all our characters here. And Serena just leaves the conversation just in time for Nate to talk to Diana. He wants no more games, no more secrets. Uh, either the whole world sees or they end this right here. And where you're like, God, no, I hope that Nate and Diana don't break up. I'm so shipping them worried. so hard. No. No. <laughs> not, not all the Niana shippers. Niana. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, Dorota tells Blair that someone's here to apologize. Uh, Blair says she isn't in the mood to speak to Louis, but it isn't Louis. The camera pans to the right, and we just it's see Rufus. Chuck standing. <laughs> the Chuck, the camera pans to the right, and we see just see Chuck standing there holding his jacket. Were we expected to believe that uh, Blair didn't see Chuck standing right there in the living room until Dorota motioned towards him? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> She's like, I'm not in the mood to talk to Louis, and Dorota's like, No, it's not Louis. It's the man that's standing right in front of you. <laughs> oh, Chuck, didn't see you there. Um, didn't see you there. I did applaud when I saw him, though. You applauded? Wow. Yeah, time for a Blair and Chuck Were scene, you, baby. You're excited for the scene? You knew, you knew it was coming? No, I didn't know that this particular scene would, but anytime that we're ending a, like, we're getting close to the end, of, like, I'm looking at that runtime, baby, like you are. Anytime we get yeah. close to the end of the episode and we have a Blair and Chuck scene, I'm like, oh, baby, here we go. Yeah, especially when it, it's one that, like, is a part of a bad episode. You know that they're like, all right, let's try and save this bullshit with, like, a, a scene that people care about. <laughs> right. right. So... Blair doesn't have the energy to rehash tonight, so she does her, uh, she she basically just tells, you know, Chuck to get the hell out of here. And Chuck is not here to apologize for tonight, though. He apologizes for everything else. I'm sorry for losing my temper the night you told me Louis proposed to you. I'm sorry for not waiting longer at the Empire State Building. I'm so, he, he He's very good at leaving things out. This He sounds a lot better than, so one right. by one, he goes, I'm sorry for losing my temper the night you told me Louis proposed to you. What he leaves out is that he essentially assaulted Blair and like cr smashed a mirror and her face got caught losing by the mirror. Temper, like, yeah. That is what he apologized. Nice <laughs> then he I'm sorry, sorry for, 
I'm sorry for not waiting longer at the Empire State Building. What he leaves out is that as soon as that clock struck seven, he left the Empire State Building and fucked her nemesis, Jenny Humphrey. (laughs) 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 And I'm sorry for treating you like property. The point he leaves out is that (laughs) he treated her like property by selling her for a hotel. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't tell you I loved you when I knew I did. But most of all, I'm sorry that I gave up on us and you never did. So is this it? Is Chuck uh, fully redeemed now? He apologized. He's redeemed. Like, I, and again, it is working for me just because it is like a genuine scene and I, I like it. But I don't know if I will be ever uh, able to forgive him for for all those things. So it it, it doesn't fully work for me. One? But it's the best. What's the what's the least forgivable thing that you can't that for Chuck for you, Brendan? Is it the uh, is it the Empire State Building? No, that's, I, a t- that's a tough one to stop. <laughs> it's a tough one. <laughs> I, I think it's mostly just the assault one because the hotel one is so cartoonish that I can forgive it because it's like laughable because that, that couldn't ever really <laughs> happen um yeah the assault was a very real moment the assault was very real and it's very recent too and then they kind of just like breeze past it so i, I don't know yeah I, I think obviously this does not fully redeem him but right. like it is like a heartfelt and meaningful apology and like that can go a long way uh he still has work to do but i i believe him that he is sorry at the very I, least. I think it's, it's also ha- being helped by the fact that nothing else for the past couple episodes has been enjoyable so now if this is going to be the only redeemable <laughs> thing about the show then i guess i kind of have to watch it and enjoy it and just take it for right face value i'm like all right this is what they're selling <laughs> us right now i'll i'll buy it yeah so who among us haven't sold someone into for a hotel room you happens know? every like, day i could, I could see it <laughs> every day you know and I just, every day. Episode, and at the end i was like i think we should hear him out you know and tell him, sorry <laughs> Why does she need to be a princess or a queen right. or, and give birth to a prince when she could just be um, Chuck's property again? That yeah. would be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I sold you for a hotel. Wait. Oh, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so Blair thanks him like uh, an earnest thank you for the apology and uh, hopes never giving up on people won't be her downfall. Uh, Chuck tells her it's what's got to make her an amazing mother because she's always there for people she loves even when they don't deserve it. And Blair tells Chuck that'll never change, but he says it's okay if it has to. And starting tonight, Chuck is going to take care of himself. And Blair asks if that all, that's all. Uh, and Chuck waits a second and then says yeah and leaves. Was uh like she left the door open? Was Blair hoping that Chuck would try to like win her back here? Yeah, I think so. I, 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 she obviously still has feelings for him. You can just tell by the way she looks at him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what she would have done if he did say something in that neighborhood. I, I know she recently heard from him and saying, like, I will always love you, but, like, go do your thing. So she, I think they both know where each other stands feelings-wise. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, like, being able to act on them. Well, about the how baby? will this... What about oh, the baby? It's true. That's the, I how, think the how biggest how obstacle. This... You could just, you could just take... Yeah, that's a, that's a huge obstacle. You have the royal <laughs> child in your stomach. You're like, mm, but Chuck, he is sorry for that time he sold me. You know, like, right. I, don't, I don't know if you just fold so easily. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely tough. Uh, how how do we think this heartfelt apology will affect Blair in the long term? Is is she going to go back to swooning over Chuck or uh, is are they going to move on from here? She's going right back to swooning. I mean, with the, the – episode ends and she's on the phone with louis saying like yeah go have fun on your trip and seems like she's right very excited that he's leaving so she can yeah get the hell out of here get yeah, out of town go 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 go, go. <laughs> um 
Dan returns to the loft. Rufus is still here for some reason. And Dan's like, uh, what the hell are you doing here, Dad? And apparently Rufus has been waiting around all day because uh, he's here to tell Dan that Jonathan Karp called. He got an advanced copy of next week's bestseller list. And not only is Dan not number one, but he dropped off the list completely, which ooh, tough look for my guy, Dan. Rufus waited around all day to give him this news. It's so funny. <laughs> You'll never be number eight like I am. <laughs> Had to deliver it in person. <laughs> Couldn't just like tell and call Dan when he found out. Yeah, this could have been a text. <laughs> There is a bright side. When Rufus told him the Aaron Sorkin news, he said a, a, a big movie deal announcement will have the books flying off the shelf. But unfortunately for Dan, the movie is dead and Dan is done. Uh, as quickly as it started, are, are we actually killing this story, uh, this this Dan makes a movie story? And uh, do we care? I don't know. I, I just I don't really care because Dan didn't really want this out in the public anyway. So I, I guess now that it it's, could be fruitful for him, he cares. But uh I don't know. I, I I sort of see him being excited about it because like once the ball's in motion, you're like, oh, let's see where this goes. But um, it, it was interesting for the beginning of it, and they so quickly ruined all the fun by including in Serena one so episode. Much. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It, this story had such promise. You mean Serena? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they and Serena and the writers. So I I care because I I care about yeah. Dan. I like Dan, uh, and I want success for him. But. Um, I don't know. I, I think that this this uh, story has found its end. I think Dan can find success. Uh, maybe he should just go back to NYU and finish his college, his college education. Yeah. Have somebody. In and graduate from the very prestigious NYU writing program. Right. So Charlie drops by Diana Payne's office. Diana Payne, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Diana thinks that uh, Charlie has become more trouble than she's worth. And Charlie's like, listen, I had no idea that uh, – <laughs> You were the one dating my 20-year-old friend. And uh, she was just, you know, <laughs> she didn't know Nate was trying to get her jealous. She just wanted the inside scoop on Blair's wedding. And uh, Diana says, well, now you know. And so does the rest of the world. Nate, mine. What the fuck is wrong with this lady? And like, turns uh, and the computer like, see, look at this. We're walking together <laughs> on the internet. It. Like, like it was some bomb to drop. Di <laughs> Diana has made the top story on The Spectator. Yeah, yeah. Diana has made the top story on The Spectator a new couple alert that she and Nate are dating. What a loser. Wow, very cool. <laughs> very cool very cool <laughs> so diana asks if she's made herself clear and again mentions that uh, she'd hate to make the next top story about ivy so you know only a matter of so time don't before this might my happen again <laughs> okay i won't yeah all right fine if, if that's what it takes <laughs> again didn't fucking know <laughs> since you wouldn't let nate tell me one <laughs> serena starts her blog the blog is titled S by S. <laughs> so funny. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> S by S. What is, uh, one of the S presumably stands for Serena, although who knows. Uh -huh. What does the other S stand for? Shit. Sabrina. <laughs> Shit by Serena. <laughs> and then she starts her very first blog with, People in New York love to gossip, but most of the time they don't even know what they're talking about. That's a great That's start. <laughs> That's why I want to clear That's the air. Exactly what I want to read. That's exactly what I want to read. Like, hey, you know, like, gossip girl, he can't me. We're taking that gossip. All the fun stuff. We're taking all that out. Just the facts, ma'am. Like, <laughs> Is this a blog or a comedy fan review? Uh, that's a, could, that's could a great be, question. Could be either one. Uh, Blair's on the phone with Louie. Uh, she knows he's sorry. She encourages him to go on his trip, and then they can talk when he gets back. Uh, besides, a few days apart will be good for them. Uh, seems like she's missing good old Chucky boy here, trying to get Luke, uh, Luke, Louie out of the picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... I don't know. She's she's definitely swooned. Oh, yeah. And then speaking of Chuck, he's outside. Uh, it looks like 
he's uh you know he's looking at his ring again and he leaves it on the doorstep of the jewelry uh, <laughs> store i guess uh, again not exactly how returns work but i guess this symbolizes him letting go of blair right i, I think they should have like kept something else in the scene, like a homeless was. man finding this this ring and being excited oh, right. <laughs> yeah right I I didn't know what this was. I knew he was leaving it on a on a doorstep, but I didn't know like that was the jeweler. So I was thinking, oh, who is he leaving this for? Is he giving it to charity? Like he actually said, no, he's just putting it on a doorstep for somebody to find. Thanks, Chuck. So to be fun. honest, I did not know what doorstep it was either. I'm just taking Brendan's, uh, yeah, Brendan's I, word that I, it was the jewelry store. I'm pretty sure that the, <laughs> the, the the writing on the door said something about like a jeweler. Okay. <laughs> he just went to the nearest like, jewelry store oh, and just dropped it off. Very nice thing to someone. He's like, no, I just dropped it oh. off. <laughs> Give it to the therapist. She just Give it to anyone, yeah. Practice for you. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and that's our episode. Not not really any cliffhangers, but a relatively satisfying ending. Uh, it, it seems like we have finally wrapped up some storylines and can hopefully bring this show into another direction. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. So having said that, let's zoom into some... Uh, user reviews of the week or, or some segments and we'll start with uh, a good one here user review of the week i went to the gossip girl wiki for this one because there was usually there are people fighting in the streets uh chuck and blair shippers or chuck and dan shippers uh, battling against each other but since dan has been pretty much out of the picture and there really are no Bl- blair and louise shippers uh <laughs> it seems like there's this, this one commenter just like commenting over and over again about how Blair better hang, end up with Chuck, about how Blair needs to end up with Chuck. There were a lot a lot of gold here, so I just pulled one of them here. On November 7th, 2011, so right after this episode aired, uh, this person got on the Gossip Girl wiki and said, I don't know what number of message or comment this was, but they said, hey, it's me again. I've posted like so many stuff here, dot, 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 because I love Chair. But now I want to know, what do the Dare fans see in him? And uh, Chappelle, Chair is the ship name for Chuck and Blair, and Dare is the ship name for, for Dan and Blair, if you couldn't figure it out. So she says, uh, I love Chair, but now I want to know, what do the Dare fans see in him? Okay, so he's nice. Big whoop. Blair is not Blair without Chuck. Chuck is not Chuck without Blair. Don't you remember? Okay, fine. Season three, episode one. Blair, you're Chuck Bass. Chuck, I'm not Chuck Bass without you. See, hump, I rest my case. (laughs) Not, see, hump, I rest my case. Not, not until I convince everyone it has to be Blair and Chuck. And then uh, this this commenter would would go on to comment a lot more. uh, So-called proof, I guess, that uh, Chuck and Blair are the ones that belong together. I mean, I'm sold. Very passionate. That's it. Season three, episode one. passionate. <laughs> I'm creating an account now. I'm about to make it my life mission to argue with this person on every post. Twelve years Bad later, Chappelle, Chappelle gets on it as yeah. Dare Lover One Two Three and starts going. <laughs> yes, famously, I love Dare, and it's so good to me. Um, next week, the episode is titled "The Big Sleep No More." Brendan, do you have any predictions based oh, on the shit. episode title? Bart Bass comes back from the dead. Zombie episode. Wow. Uh, Chappelle, you have not seen anything past this uh, point, so would you like to also make a prediction based on the episode title? What's the title again? Say it again. The Big Sleep No More. Yeah, zombie. Definitely zombie. <laughs> I was trying to think it was could be, but I mean... The big sleep is only the big sleep, man. So the little preview says several Upper East Siders attend a performance of Punch Drunk Punch Drunk's provocative theater experience. Sleep no more. So all right, we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, let's get into some episode grades. Uh, I went first last week, so Brendan, you can go first this week. What are you grading this episode? It's a tough one. I didn't really enjoy it, so it's not going to be a good grade. (laughs) Um, 
it felt like nothing happened until like, the episode really started at the end. And they gave us like, oh, here's some Gospel Girl scenes. Otherwise, it was just a bunch of nonsense. Um, maybe some of the Blair minion stuff was okay. Uh, but otherwise, mm-hmm. it was just so much, so much just junk. And then finally, we get a Chuck and Blair scene. And I, I, I get I, that's what they wanted to do is just kind of hit the reset button. Um, but they did it in just such a messy, boring fashion. Um, and Lily wasn't here, so that always is going to be a... Yeah, where was Lily criteria. again? Yeah, Jeez, we didn't know. even mention that. She could have... He was. I guess he's not allowed in Rufus's loft or something because he can linger around all day in the penthouse. But if he's at home in the, in the Brooklyn loft, she would never step foot in there. I don't. I don't know. Uh, but it's it's it was pretty bad. Um, not a lot of laughs either. I think the only laugh I really got was Serena attempting to be a writer. It was very funny. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm gonna give this like a, a D. Wow, a very harsh D. Uh, Chappelle, what would you grade the episode? Well, of the two that I've seen, uh, this seemed decent. Uh, so I, I'm going to grade on the curve and I'm going to give it a C so that I don't offend any of the chair stands or the dare stands. <laughs> I play middle of the road here. C, C for chair. Um, for me, <laughs> yes. This episode gave me pretty much nothing. It's it's just kind of there. At the very least, it advances the plot and wraps up some storylines, and hopefully that gives us a path to move forward into something more interesting. Uh, we tried the Dan Book thing. It was super interesting at first. Produced the best episode of the season so far, yeah. and then they just bungled it in the very next episode. I, I I wish they would go back and try to make it interesting again instead of just scrapping it, but, uh, but who knows? The season is still young. Uh, it also did have a relatively satisfying ending to the episode, as I said earlier. And we had a good Chuck and Blair scene, so that's something. Uh, Chekhov's paternity test also came into play, so we can stop wondering when that shoe will drop. Overall, it was just like they checked a bunch of things off a checklist, which I guess is good, but it doesn't make for a must-watch experience. So uh, I think it is definitely better than last week, and I gave last week a D. I I think... uh, I guess maybe maybe we're flip flopping it here. Oh no, Brandon, you also gave last week a D, so so uh, Ooh, not the best stretch of episodes here. Um, so I definitely think it was better than last week, but still below average. And I mean, I I had fun. Okay, I had more fun with the Blair storyline that than you did. Uh, maybe it is the season five curve, and we haven't had a ton of fun this season, so I appreciate that. So I, I will bump it up to. Average. I, I can't go above average. This is not an above average episode of Gossip Girl. So I will I will say that it is average and I will give it a flat C, much like much like Chappelle did. A much longer winded way of saying that I agree with Chappelle. Okay. Yes. So two C's and a D. Uh Brendan, who is your MVP of the episode? It's a tough one. I didn't like very many people in this one either. Um I think I'm gonna default it to Chuck because he was at least pretty entertaining. He had the best scene. In the episode uh, he apologizes for everything that he has done which makes it all okay um he's redeemed and a good person fully redeemed <laughs> uh and i like him now wow okay um chappelle who's your mvp of this episode yeah it's gotta be chuck you know he gave the wow. ring to charity or something <laughs> he, he put the ring down uh, he did not murder anybody he also uh, is a better person than louis as official of uh, based off this episode he's redeemed completely he's not going to sell blair into into any you know like hotel situations or into slavery or anything like that yep. um he's potentially going to be a stepfather to the prince of monaco um so you know i think that, i think they're looking up for him. i mean if you go into any episode of a tv show thinking that a character murdered somebody and you find out by the end that they didn't they got to get an mvp <laughs> got you. 
So for me, uh, Chuck will not be getting the uh, the queen sweep for me because uh, it is finally time for me to give Blair an MVP. I believe her first of the season. Uh, she's She's been buried in the most boring plots of the season so far. But this week, we finally got to see a little bit of the old Blair. She's she's part of the most fun storyline. She she runs a fun little contest. She she finally does stand up to Louis and tells him to like get lost, essentially. And then she is also part of that scene with Chuck and gets the apology that she's been owed for, for some time here. So Blair is back on top, at least for a little bit here so i am going to give blair my mvp of the week nice i like it brendan who is your lvp see another tough the toughest ones are the ones where, like, every, everyone's bad because it's it's hard for mvp and it's hard for lvp too uh i want to give it to louis because he was super shitty <laughs> we talked about it all up so long but his him being shitty was sort of interesting so i won't give it to him uh i'm sure there'll be plenty more opportunities for us to give it to him uh, I'm gonna give it to <laughs> my guy Rufus because <laughs> he only exists in this episode to be a complete. I don't think he's over the whole Dan thing. I think he's still mad at him because all he did was tell him my hit single got higher in the charts than your book ever did, and then waits around all day to give him more bad news at the end of the day. Those were his two scenes. <laughs> it's so shitty. Very good points, um, uh, Chappelle. Who is who is your LVP for this week? Oh, it is the therapist, Dr. Barnes, by far. Nice. How dare this woman go in and break like all the ethics laws uh, <laughs> to like just just and, and I get it. She was trying to, uh, you know, get rid of her dad's debts. But when given the out, you know, given the damn ring, she gives it back and ends her practice as well. So she gets shamed in front of everybody at a party she probably shouldn't have been at because she's just a therapist. But then she also has to give back the money and she no longer has a practice and she looks like a dumbass. And so, yeah, <laughs> for me to therapist took all the L's. Yeah, right. Like, at yeah. least, like, cut your losses and get something out of this. But, uh, uh I want to give it to so many people. Um, Louis somehow amazingly didn't even make my shortlist this week, which just goes to show what, what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, Dan loses his entire book deal somehow in the span of one, or movie deal in the span of one episode. Serena, like, loses it for him and then pretends like she's a hero. Jane just sucks. Di Diana's an embarrassment to old people everywhere, and I, I can't believe she's so obsessed over Nate and jealous of Charlie. But at the end of the day, Again, I have to agree with Chappelle. We're sharing a brain again. Dr. Barnes nice. is an extremely unethical therapist. And, and I get the feeling uh, this may be my last chance to give her an LVP because it doesn't look like she's going to have much moving forward. So uh, she teams up with Louis, who sucks and really just like fucks with Chuck. Uh, obviously, Chuck was very questionable with her in the last episode, but she is a therapist. She's purposefully making it so Chuck has even more trust issues. And she's trying to make him fly off the handle, which what the fuck is going on there? And then uh, she doesn't even get any money out of it or a ring and she closes her practice. So like Chappelle said, plenty <laughs> of L's going around here so gotta give her my LVP here and that we are done with segments except of course for everyone's favorite segment segment Lonely Boys Theater you are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater and for this one, we are going to do a very brief very short scene uh, Dan and Serena are talking with Gossip Girl uh, narrating uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> narrating as well. So, uh, Brendan, you like to be Serena, right? Do you want to be Serena? Sure. Uh, Chappelle, would you like to be the Gossip Girl voiceover or would you like to be Dan? Sure. No, I want to be Gossip Girl. All right. Chappelle like is going to be, role. of course. So I will be Dan. Uh, does everyone have their, uh, very short script in front of them? Starts with whatever Jane. I think I do, but I want to make sure. Okay, got it. Whatever Jane. Oh, we got can it. start with whatever Jane. I was starting with. Uh, oh, does that not go into I... the next thing? Oh, we we let, let's say. 
No, we, we could do we could do both of them. All I'll right, start cool. with whatever, Jane. Sounds good. All right. Make it a, make it a little uh, juicier of a scene. Sure. All right, here we go. <clears throat> whatever Jane sent you here to say, why don't you just say it? Well, we both think that you should waive your right to write the script. Why would you do that? Because if you write it, your project will be stuck in development hell. Yada, yada, yada. All right, you've convinced me. <laughs> How can I guarantee that she's not just going to screw it up? Because I won't let her. She may not know this world, but I do. I might even write a blog about it. And I will protect <laughs> you, your story, maybe reverse those two. <laughs> Careful, S. Mm. <laughs> I have your word, which is famously good and never <laughs> is never broken. You have my word. Everybody knows the road to hell is paved with good intentions and shady bosses. Wink. Ooh. Delivered is that so Kristen well. Bell? My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks. Another great scene. Another great job all around. Um, that does it for everything except for some plugs. But before that, well, thank you so much yes, for making time for us in your busy podcasting schedule. I know people are, you know, calling you up, asking you to do podcasts all over the place. So, uh, very, very grateful that you are here with us today. And this will not be the last time, uh, a little peek behind the curtain, not be the last time that you are podcasting Ooh. with us in, in the next, in, in the next 24 hours. So stay tuned for leg two of the, of the week of Chappelle. Oh, yeah. uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug at this hour? Uh, no, of course. I want to say thank you all for having me. I, Maddie, you always uh, like when you book me, you always do the, the one thing I ask is just remind me, because if you don't remind mm -hmm. me, I will forget. I'm going to have a lot of things going on and I'm the most forgetful person in the world. So I do appreciate you reaching out and just like following up on that, because I do like being here talking to y'all. It's been a great time. Um, and so that's been very fun. Brendan, of course, it's always great to talk always. to you. And I will be talking to y'all very soon, of course. Uh, uh, about other shows that I do not watch. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> I am covering a lot of shows that I do watch. I got to step in for Rob for the Survivor 45 uh, feedback show on Rob Has a Podcast this week. Uh, and so hopefully people don't hate me over there. It was a last minute substitution and I had not prepared. So check that out on RobHasAWebsite.com. Uh, also on RobHasAWebsite.com, Sasha and I are talking about Below Deck every week. Uh, Rob and I are doing Netflix shows on Nothing But Netflix. And then on Post Show Recaps, Mari and I are on The Connect talking about rap shit um jason reed and i just talked about the the lawman bass reeves on the connect as well uh and then uh every week the walking dead fear the walking dead is, is coming to an end and so myself josh wiggler aj mass and jessica lisa are wrapping up the finale of fear the walking dead um very soon only to cover more of the walking dead in the near future as it continues and will never end um but in order to keep up with all that and more i was gonna say yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's never going anyway. Also, uh, suitspodcast.com. <laughs> Rob and I are covering suits every day. Literally every day we do another suits episode. Suitspodcast.com. If you like suits or if you're just a fan of Rob or me or both, um, check it out. You can even hate listen. I'm fine. Just uh, go throw some reviews and all that good stuff. I love a good hate um, listener. But yeah, follow of, of course, yeah. hate listen, but five-star reviews only. Uh, at Chappelle's underscore show on Twitter will help you keep up with all of that and more. Wow, what that a is, expert that is. Quite the resume, yeah. That was that was great. He came in all guns blazing. I think he got all those plugs in. That very very impressive stuff. There, just the fact there is a daily suits podcast is is, <laughs> is mind blowing. I don't know where anyone has the time, but that, I hope you wear a suit while you record stuff. it. I don't. <laughs> it's not, there's no time. <laughs> Brendan, what are you plugging? Well, all season long, I will only be plugging the Patreon. Uh, we need to get twenty subscribers this month, so you can hear. Kelly Rutherford, 
cameo to me. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, you know, there's no better reason to sign up for the Patreon because we will be having Chappelle on this week. So tune in at patreon.com slash the Boys pod for our OC coverage. We call the Sandy Boys. Uh, it's so good. Uh, we have amazing guests. We have people like him. We have, I don't see anyone you've had on Lonely Boys. It's going to be over there eventually. So check us all out and please shell out those little $3. I beg you. Yeah, that's nothing. $3? What is that? Uh, I, 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 what that's is that? nothing. How many? quarters is that 12 quarters you can't even buy anything with three dollars these days so you might as well just give it to us right all right so now that we have all these new subscribers because i you know explained how little three dollars is mm-hmm. uh i guess i really don't have anything to uh to plug i i've you know you'd, you'd think i'd have more time now with one of my jobs ending but I, i've spent all my time just kind of catching up on all the jeopardy that i've fallen behind on so i'll plug jeopardy it's been it's been a fun been a fun season we've, we've got some champions wild cards uh a lot a lot of fun stuff going on there everyone everyone tune into jeopardy um and then besides that you can follow me on twitter at maddie fresh 24 you can follow brendan at ruppy puppy you can follow his other podcast the hoppy boys at the hoppy boys pod and you can come back next week where we'll be breaking down season five episode seven the big sleep no more with another special guest of course but until then you know you love us xoxo lonely Lonely boys Boys. bye-bye